0: This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. Cryptid Zoo is a t-shirt line uniquely infused with augmented reality and inspired by cryptozoology figures like Bigfoot. It is designed by artist and owner Julian Meyer and check out the amazing, unique shirt designs at cryptidzoo.com. And don't forget to use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you will get 25% off your shirts. Again, that's www.cryptidzoo.com.
1: Looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow we look no for the friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow in Sunspots Comics now
2: Welcome, 100,
0: 100, Yeah. Welcome. You are listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, Issue One Hundred, our centennial issue. Can't believe it's a hundred. We are covering the comic books that I read and purchased and bought and looked at that came out Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, March. 29th and this particular podcast is approved by the fda for 100 percent pure comic book flavors i am your comic book loving host chris latori here with my special guest host joining us again my trusty sidekick in fighting crime my son justin jables latori hey
2: <laughs> um three episodes in a row that's a
0: record Woo! that's three that's a big big deal thank you for joining us here on the sunspots comics podcast where every single week we recommend an amazing list of comic books for you to read every single week Please subscribe to us. Um, just go ahead and hit up the Instagram Twitter Facebook Xbox live at Sunspots comics That's our handle check us out on youtube.com slash lat Also if you want to hear Someone just pour his heart out in a positive way about comic books or maybe You're just brand new to comic books You're just not sure what to read or you've been reading since the Sun was here in in the the universe well then that's why the sunspots that's the sunspots comics podcast is definitely here for you right Yep. (laughs) that's what it's for (laughs) but definitely if you want to hear me pour my heart out into something i seriously love which is comic books and you come to the right place and hopefully it'll help you find some comic books that you will love so two, two quick thank yous of course to my friend nick papa george for making our amazing sunspots comics theme song Please just follow him on Facebook.com slash Nicholas Dell Music. And also thank you to my son, Justin Jables
3: You're
0: for doing our blog. <laughs> just go and see the sunspots comics blog at blog.sunspotscomics.com. And also follow him on Instagram at
2: just sunspots. Super easy. Just sunspots. One word all over Facebook.
0: Very nice. What's your latest blog about?
2: Uh, it's still the Iron Fist. Uh, I'm actually writing the Logan one. I just saw it again. Um, Oh, you so did I'm the second that. review? Yeah. Um, but the, the most current one, the one that's actually published and written and finalized and whatever, is on Iron Fist. Um, so yeah, check that out if you want. You know, no okay. It's pretty
0: good, I gotta say. I mean I know I'm kinda biased for my son and whatever and you wrote it for us, but uh, I like it. Yeah. It's it's true, it's gritty, it's you um, you definitely spent some time and researched a little bit and had your thoughts collected and I really I appreciate you doing it.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, I, I try not to take notes during watching stuff because it's kind of distracting. Like, I know a lot of reviewers, they, they take notes, you know, they'll bring a notebook to the movie and whatever. But uh, it, it's sort of hard to collectively bring everything together when you don't have notes. So I sort of, like, just, I don't know, just tried to mentally take pictures of stuff. So, like, I just sort of remembered stuff this time around. And uh, this one was, I think, because of slight negativity... I remembered a lot of it, you know. So it was uh it was definitely an interesting writing experience because I didn't want to didn't want to crap on it because I did like it in some aspects, but I, I, I didn't want to completely blow it up and blow it out of proportion for you guys. So I was trying to keep it true and you know, I put out what I put out, so hate on me, whatever. <laughs>
0: no, you definitely conveyed that, you know, sort of a complicated review and your feelings about it. Yeah. And also, I think that's good that you don't take notes while you're watching something. It's best to be in the moment of that, you know, and enjoy the experience yeah. and then take your, 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 brain, your brain camera shots, <laughs> you know, so that's, that's good stuff. Also, just a quick announcement reminder that if you follow me on Instagram, I'm giving away free digital comic book codes uh, for Marvel Comics mostly, so I'm going to actually do that right now. So here is a free comic book for you. All you got to do is be the first person to go to marvel.com slash redeem and you win this. It's a free comic book. It's Daredevil issue number nine. This is written by Charles Soule, art by Goran Suzuka, guest starring the amazing Spidey Man. He's in it. So it also, it's the art is great. But it has that old-school sort of Marvel team-up feel, Daredevil and Spider-Man.
2: My, that was always my favorite duo. It was between, like, Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four, with like or him and Johnny Storm, and Daredevil and Spider-Man. Those were always my favorite because, I don't know, growing up, one of the first comic book movies I, like, actually remember seeing in theaters was Daredevil. Right. And, and with Ben Affleck. So, I, you know, seeing... Spider-Man and Daredevil team up was always kind of cool because I grew up with the original Spider-Man, the same Raimi Spider-Man. So, does it's that does
0: that Daredevil movie with with Ben Affleck still hold like a like a special place in your heart?
2: <laughs> Not after watching the Netflix series, but it does hold in in my heart. Like I st- I will always love that movie. So, yeah. Um it's pretty cheesy still, <laughs> you know. So, uh, but I like good. I like that Kevin Smith is in it. It's kind of cool. So, yeah,
0: it's it's something of its time, but it yeah, it did hold yeah. up and they had on stream chemistry. I mean, look. Yeah, yeah they're <laughs> Right? Well, they're getting maybe, back maybe together, yeah. I think, aren't they? <laughs> I think so. I don't. Ben and Jen, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so it, here it is. It's that classic team-up feel. That's what I love about it. It's Daredevil and Spider-Man. It's issue number nine. It's free to you. So here comes the code right now. Listen in close. That's right. Just put your headphones in further so you can hear my <laughs> velvety, smooth voice. Here is the special code. Ready? It is F is in Frank, C is in Charlie, M is in Mary, K is in Kangaroo, A is in Apple, six. F is in Frank. U is an under. Two D is in door. Seven U as an under. Flash style, super quick. Here you go. F C M K A six F U T or two D seven U. So there you go. Go and get it. Good luck. I hope you win it. And I just don't use those Marvel codes ever. And I thought, why? They're just going to waste. I'll give them to folks like you just as a thank you for listening to the podcast. So go and grab it. And there is still some that have not been redeemed. Not very many, but just go in there and grab them and listen to the podcast or follow me on Instagram at Sunspots Comics to win some free comic books.
2: I think it's one of those like syndromes you say that, you know, some haven't been redeemed. People are just like, oh, somebody probably already got it. I know. Like, you know,
0: so <laughs> I'll do a better job at posting that it's taken so then it won't waste your time. I promise that. I'll do that.
2: Or you should announce the winner. Yeah, I can do that too. Over the, over the podcast or sure. over, uh, Instagram, whatever.
0: So if you do win it, let me know so then I can announce it. So there you go. There's a free comic book. Enjoy. Go get it. Go to marvel.com slash redeem with that code. So now, Jables, let's get into it. Let's go and jump right into our centennial podcast, The Sunspots Comics, issue number 100, with some stuff floating around in our nerd brains. Yeah, that's what that sound effect is for. The first thing that comes around in my brain is that Eric Powell, the creator of the comic book series The Goon, has actually released a t-shirt on Threadless. And the reason I thought this was a, a I should announce it, is he's extremely stingy with any licensed product about <laughs> he's like the a, goop.
2: He's like a, the Calvin and Hobbes of comic books. Yes, right? Bill Waterston? Yeah, Bill, Bill Waterston.
0: And he doesn't release anything. Like, I had to actually donate to his Kickstarter campaign for the movie <laughs> The Goon to get a t-shirt, and I wore it until it fell apart. I mean, it literally disintegrated.
2: Is that, is, when's that movie is, is there any news On that movie yeah. No
0: but it's supposed To have Paul Giamatti Playing his sidekick yeah. Frankie Which is like Perfect casting And uh, the dude That played Hellboy His name yeah. escaped me Playing um, the goon
3: Crap Ron Perlman Ron Perlman
0: And they did that thing On YouTube already Which the yeah. It's more of a completed Actual CG scene yeah. Of the goon And Frankie in a bar And I love Just the pulpy style horror The slapstick fun Of the goon And I, like I said The licensed material Is so so limited I have a goon lunchbox <laughs> But it's yeah, like I'm a very... mini one, not like the like the real size that I had when I was a kid. No thermos. Yeah. No. But I have that, and I had, and now that that other T-shirt's disintegrated. Finally, I'm excited. On Threadless, you can go to thegoon.threadless.com, and it's available in like 40 colors. There's only one graphic. I mean, again, you're so <laughs> stingy with the graphics. It's just it's the a good goon. One, yeah, it's a really good one. The goon enlarged in his font, and the goon standing there holding his menacing wrench, and Frankie standing there with that 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 dead stare that he has with his no, eyes with no, no pupils, pupils. <laughs> yeah but you can get it in different colors i thought i'd it, I'd announce it because like i said he's so stingy with his stuff and there you go just go to thegoon.threadless.com and grab it i already ordered mine it's on its way and it was only 20 bucks and i'm excited nice, nice. so justin next what's on your nerd lobes
2: uh well uh there's some movie news floating around that sort of i mean it's maybe not concerning but it's a little it's a little worrisome i guess uh, worrisome well, I mean, not it's exciting. Or Whatever. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, anything movie new, mo- nerdy movie news is good. Um, but the the first one I want to bring up is is um, that there are they are making a Venom movie. Yes. You hear about that? Yes, so it's and Venom. only going to be Sony, so it's not connected to the MCU, which is dip- disappointing a little bit to me, but yeah. um what are your thoughts on that? Like what do you think of not being not connecting the universes? Venom might, um, might not even be in the MCU. They might not bring that storyline with MCU, which I think would do it amazing. So, what do you think of that?
0: I think they gotta like make up and and be friends again. Sony and, and Marvel Disney, they need to get along because they could both cash out from it.
2: Well, the whole deal, from what I like have heard on on a couple of like you know podcasts that I listen to, is that you know, they this was only like a short amount of movies that were gonna happen. You know, with with Spider Man, they only had like I don't know four pictures that they that Tom Holland Spider Man was supposed to be in with the MCU, and then he was supposed to go back to Sony like it, so. I don't know. That's also another piece of the news we're kind of combining too. After the Venom one, I I, I brought up was uh, that Spider-Man, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, the one that was introduced in Civil Homecoming. War. Homecoming. Yeah, he might he he Spider-Man might not be in the MCU after the sequel to Spider-Man: Homecoming. What? Right. I know. And that that that's <laughs> a little bit more concerning to me. Because, that shows they're still fighting and, yeah, they're, and I mean, they're they're not, not getting real, along. They're not really <laughs> fighting. You know, they're maybe just like. I don't know, they're just sort of like, yeah, we still want to make money. With the Marvel deal, obviously, they're not making as much money as they were if they were releasing it on their own. Mm. So, you know, these money-hungry, you know, corporations. So, um,
0: it's like the breakup. I mean, they're trying to be friends after yeah. they broke up, <laughs> yeah. and yet it's very passive-aggressive, uh, you yeah. know, anger sort that's still going on. Sort of just talking
2: to each other. <laughs> um, but um, the last one, and this one's the positive one. That's why I saved it for the last was that Joss Whedon is going to be directing and writing a Batgirl movie? Yes. Which uh, anything Joss Whedon doing in the nerd world is just like you know, food for the soul for us. So I think it's
0: smart for DC to grab him, right? Oh and yeah. He did the Marvel thing, then whatever happened there happened. I which...
2: mean, he's a traitor, or you know, <laughs> um, I don't know, but he's not a traitor. He, he's a guy who can do whatever the hell he wants. I, I support him no matter what. I'm a big fan of Firefly, Serenity. Buffy. Um, Buffy, yeah, uh, Angel. I've I've seen uh, like almost everything he's done. So, what, was the, what was the
0: weird one with like the model robots?
2: Model robots. Remember that?
0: It was like it didn't do very well. But I just want to say it was. It reminded me of that. Um, the HBO series that's very popular now with the robots uh, that I haven't watched yet. They're all androids uh, in the West. Westworld? Oh, Westworld. Yeah, did he do that? Joss Whedon did a similar one like that, but and there's like supermodels and robots. So I can't remember it, but anyway, I've, I I even kind of dug that for a while, but then it was gone and canceled. But
2: I'll look that one up. When talking. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I, I mean I'm like, I'm excited. I mean just to see Batgirl in a movie, right? It's cool. I mean I, I just want to see her as a cameo, to be honest. Like you gotta jump in all quick, you know? Right. But I I mean whatever. <laughs> Yeah. I'm okay with
0: it. I mean, he's an accomplished comic book writer, so that's what's nice as well. You know, he's going to do a a, a decent, a, a better than decent, an excellent version of Batgirl, and keep it sort of true to form, and add a lot of that quirky banter that he loves to write in everything that he's done, right? And let the sort of dialogue run, and where it feels very natural, and and people are just sort of ad libbing. You know, I love that about him. And so if he brings that to Batgirl, that's just going to be amazing.
2: Dollhouse. That's yeah, much- Dollhouse. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> uh, that's with Eliza Dushku. Correct. Yeah.
0: And look, it uh- only went, what, three episodes three. and was canceled? It
2: was a couple seasons. Oh, it was? There was more yeah, than one season yeah, it on it? It was like it's 27 episodes. Oh, okay. All right. One.
0: So it was like a couple seasons, like probably two seasons. Yeah, two seasons. But that seemed like, that that felt like that was kind of getting going. And then they're like, no. Out. A
2: lot of Joss Whedon shows ended up happening like that, which sucks. Serenity know? did that yeah. too, right? Um, but yeah, so that's the that's the movie news that I, I wanted to bring up. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to what's going to happen next. And, and one thing I'm concerned about going forward with uh, comic book movies is... Are we eventually going to get tired of it? You know what I mean. As as comic book fans, I don't think we will. You know, right. but so will the world. Who cares? Will, about the world? <laughs> will the will the casual viewer stop going to these movies? You know, so I, it's it's concerning to me because there's so many coming out. That all, that's pretty much all that populates movie news now. Is all superhero movie news, which is like insane and kind of awesome, but. Is there a line, you know? Right. I've always kind of been wondering that since since Avengers came out. Like, is there gonna be a point where everyone's just kind of like done with it? So I, I don't know. We'll go forward and we'll keep watching these movies and enjoying the heck out of them. They keep making a buttload of money, right? So,
0: I mean, yeah. it's it's the, it's now the action the action genre, period. And I think that uh, putting aside the differences between Sony and Marvel and the DCU yeah. just make good standalone movies all by themselves yeah. logan, doesn't need to be does yeah. doesn't need to be connected to anything it's great when it is sure but make your own movie like you're never going to be able to make a sequel and make it good
2: i think um yeah i mean logan logan is a testament to that that's um one thing i thought was awesome is that you know they finally did a movie where it's not connected to anything but then then again you look at like the marvel cinematic universe and how it's not gigantic. You don't get this feel like it's overwhelming, like a lot of DC comics do to me, where it's just like there's too much going on. I don't know what the hell's going on. But when you look at the MCU, you, it's so tight, but it's so expansive. You know yeah. what I mean? So you, you sort of get everything. You don't really need a lot of exposition for these movies. You know what I mean? So I I think that you know connecting the movies, or at least having like just stupid little cameos, like you know. Would, it it connects the movies together and makes it in more a subtle fun, way, yeah, thing, in a subtle I mean? way. But yeah. so, but but if you haven't seen those movies, you don't catch it. So, right, it it is a little bit um like leaving people, some people out for for those kind of you know moments. But I, I I enjoy it, so keep doing it.
0: Yeah, and it's hard; you can't please everybody. But uh, like I said, as long as they make good standalone movies that stand up by themselves. Logan's a good example that you don't have to have a ton of continuity and sequels, etc. Just do. Even Kevin Smith said it best. He would love to just have uh, Batman movies. Who cares if they're different directors and different looks, yeah, right? Yeah. And different suits. That he just, you just do a Batman movie every year or two a year, and just you know, just <laughs> roll switch through. Actors
2: every <laughs> switch actors,
0: switch actors, switch. Yeah, suits doesn't matter. Have a different villain every time. Just keep doing them and do them well, yeah. and so that they're interesting. But anyway. Great, com- I'm glad that was on your nerd brain. We should just discuss that more often. Moonish. Just co- yeah, comic book movie news. But uh, next up on my nerd brain is Image Plus magazine issue number 11. Now 12 is actually out, but I'm a little behind. But I really wanted to highlight this one because it has some great stuff in it. Like in the interior page, I'm showing Justin as we flip through. And the interior page is always a if you're a comic book creator sort of tip. So it's an easy little one page, one page, tip page. And then there's a great letter from the editor every single time I actually read it, which a lot of letter, letters to the editor I don't. But there's a great interview with Rob Liefeld in here about how they're renewing all of the 90s titles, which I know you probably have never heard of a single one of them. <laughs> but the Youngblood has actually been given over to a different team, different artist, different writer, and how he's sort of passed the torch and how they're renewing it and refreshing it for modern times. So I'm really interested to see how those 90s titles do here nowadays. I mean, they've already, they've already released a few, and now they're talking about Youngblood. So there's some there's some art here and a little white writing sample of it, and it looks interesting and different. And I like the sort of fresh, modern take of Youngblood. And then there's another one called Packless. They show a preview of. It's from uh, this is creator and the actually the guy is David Bro- oh, David Brothers the interviewer. Dustin Weaver is the artist and writer. And look at this art. They have him sitting on a couch, hey, and cockroach. he's sort of believing that he's a cockroach and seeing this mirror image of himself. Yeah. It's twisted and weird and it has that sort of legion feel to it. You don't know if he's dreaming, if it's if he's not dreaming. At some point, he looks in the mirror and it's sort of that, that movie, The Fly, The yeah. Fly, sort of changing into this cockroach. And it's weird and twisted called Packless. I got to see what this is about. It definitely looks mind-bending and weird and then at the middle of the page in the very at the staple point is this glorious 11 by 17 black and white it's
2: like a poster
0: poster each one of, not every single issue gets a poster but issue 11 does of spawn black and white todd McFarlane original i think this is issue 3 the cover of issue 3 and it is glorious right yeah. looking at this i'm going to frame this it's 11 by 17 <laughs> yeah head. i've already decided i'm going to i'm taking this apart you could, you could just
2: take the staples out i guess I'm removing
0: right? the staples and i'm actually putting it in a a frame it's that beautiful and glorious and then there's another another comic coming out called regression and this is sort of a twisted another psychological tale about this uh, person that's going to a psychiatrist and trying to work out some of his life issues but also has some strange visions at the same time and is he actually does he have superpowers does he have x-ray vision or is he just going crazy it has that moon knight feel to it which i love a uh, guy with you know potentially mental issues or maybe not. He actually has powers again on that Legion side of things, so it was just jam packed. There's also a Cena Grace, uh, his uh, this new one called Nothing Lasts Forever that Cena Grace is doing, which I respect as a creator. He does the story art and cover, and he actually kind of talks about his his actual experience. It's a little autobiographical about his experience at Comic Cons, and there's one point where he walks up to Jason Latour's table, and I guess this really happened to him. And he's feeling very motivated, you know, he's seeing some artists and some up-and-coming, he uses real names and everything, and then he walks up to Jason Latour's table and he just writes like, he says, I'm looking at Jason Latour, then it's like, just give up now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, this is a masterclassman, classman and Cena's just struggling to be in the comic book world, and I really like that little glimpse on the inside of of how creators feel sometimes when they walk up to a table like Jason Latour who is the master artist and also doing that which I I really Southern dig Bastard. yeah he's doing the art on Southern Bastards and he has his own title right now uh, which is about to end, which I forgot the name of, but it's glorious. Jason Latour is a master. And then, of course, you end it with Chapter 11 of The Rise and the the Origin of Negan from The Walking Dead. And it has been phenomenal. I guess there was a uh, Rose City Con or one of the uh, Emerald City Con did a collection of these little mini chapters. And I want it. Even though I have all of the, the issues of Image Plus Magazine, it's kind of cool to have them collected in The Origin, The Rise of Negan. But it's done by Robert Kirkman and art by Charlie Adler, and they're yeah. fantastic. If you haven't read these, I have them all right there. I'm pointing at them <laughs> if you want to read them all. They're, I put them aside for Patsy every single week, and she reads them and absolutely loves it. So check out Image Plus Magazine. I think it's awesome. And next thing, what's the next thing on your nerd brain, Jables?
2: Um, well, I, oh, man, I, it's been a <laughs> while since I've read this, but I get uh, Chew, uh, the, the comic book Chew, yes. which you recommended to me, like... Uh, Billion years ago. Billions of um, times. And I actually, I read like the first two or three trades, because um, you had them, and, and so I read the first two or three, but I sort of fell off once it, we, we caught up, because I, you know, after a certain amount of issues, I moved out, and then whatever, and, you know, I didn't have my dad's floppies <laughs> to go back on, so. Um, recently, I just, I just started reading it again. I just picked it up, and... Um, really? Yeah, I, I don't know why, I... I I just all the times decided, I drilled
0: it into your brain probably guess, it's just I, there I floating know, around. Yeah,
2: so I, I was just sort of looking for stuff to read in between not having to read for the podcast. Um so I sort of just discovered it again, I guess, and, just gravitated and so I just I started I started over cuz I tried to look for where I left off, but that just didn't work cuz it's been so long. So I just I just said screw it, started from issue 1 and just I'm only on like issue 10 right now, but I forgot how much I like that comic <laughs> book. So, um, he's
0: digging into your brain really fast. Yeah. Do you remember you and I sat in a panel, one of the first Comic Cons I brought you to, where John Lehman, if I'm so, if I'm screwing his name up, uh-huh. we were in a panel with him, and there was only me and you and five other people in the room, and it was at a Comic Con, and we were in the front row, I don't and he this. was talking about you. Really? Yeah, I don't remember this. It's probably happened? the first con I brought you to. It might have been when we saw Tenacious D. Oh, and I was so like, So it was like, it was like, yeah.
2: It's been going on for that long. Yeah, it has been. Holy crap! Okay, um, you well, don't remember that? No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do because I just remember him pitching it, and there's oh, only five people in the room. It wasn't
2: published yet. He was like no. writing it. Up no, and... he was. That was, was announcement. Say, like, no way. It <laughs> like, was the been...
0: announcement panel, and there was like eight people there, oh, including me and you. It was, like, but uh, it's still, I remember that vividly. But go on. Sorry.
2: But yeah, so I I picked it up. And for those of you who don't know what Chew is about, if my you know, dad hasn't like told you about it, which I'm pretty <laughs> sure he has. It's, yes. it's basically about a, a cop who's a cybopath, which basically means that he can eat anything, take a bite of anything, and he can get these psychic visions. Which like that is just ridiculous right uh, you know and he does those multi-grid yeah. panels of yeah oh, strange
0: coloring and like 50 yeah. small boxes of storytelling the, the art paper.
2: the art is so like freaking nuts and out there um like just the, the way characters look is, is just nuts um I, I i remember reading this back when you first introduced it to me and i was like you're letting me read this like this is kind of gross
0: it's a little edgy too and, and
2: so um but i i just i enjoyed it so much and um, just the story going back and forth to like, you know, um, what's going on in this like chicken list world and whatever. Right. And the but, alien
0: skywriting. Yeah. Like, what yeah. is the alien skywriting? And when the alien skywriting happened, <laughs> everyone had the bird flu. Yeah. And it killed a bunch of people on earth and then they outlawed I mean, chicken. I'm not
2: there, I'm not that far into it yet, so I mean, shut up. Um, <laughs> but, uh. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, just kidding. But, uh. Um, or yeah, you forgot it, it and it's coming or back. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. It'll probably... Because some of it's coming back. Like, I forgot some of the story aspects. I won't ruin it for you. Because it, I, I I do encourage people to go and read this. Just because it's sort of out there and not a, on the beaten path, you know? It, it's, it's, it's just different from a lot of comic yeah. books that I've read. Which is strange because I, I've read a lot of comic books. So, um, <laughs> anyway, go and read that. Um, also, just another little tidbit that I wrote down here was that... Um, um, they're they're making an animated movie for this, which is awesome. Like yes. heck yeah! Um, and it's also the main character Tony Chu, is going to be voiced by Glenn himself from The Walking Dead, Stephen <gasps> Yun. Glenn. Which like, it, it, you can't get better casting. Like yeah. the he He's looks like actor. him yeah. in the comic book. You know what I mean? He does. So. I, I'm i ecstatic about that news it's yeah, awesome stuff. the only thing that would have made it better is if it was a live action movie which I don't care as long as there's a movie out there fine with me but Steven, Steven Yun as a live action Tony Chu would have just been awesome he looks exactly like the guy I heard he's
0: very much behind the project because I know that it's been bounced around. I want to say it went to Showtime and other cable networks as a TV show. And it's just been sort of not being really picked up, but it's still floating around there. And I think Steven Yoon has been a supporter of it in kind of whatever way it ends up being produced. He wants to be, you know, he wants to be. Yeah. And also, do you think that for me, a big part of it is the humor of it? It yeah. goes from very sweet to very rated R in a, in, oh, a, yeah. in a matter of seconds. but the the humor is in those little sort of things on the wall in the background, yeah. and every sign says something really weird and goofy. Mm-hmm. Are you reading all those? Yeah, it better be. yeah no, <laughs> right.
2: there's there's also little subtle moments too between characters that I just think are hilarious. Like I when I read a comic book, I, I guess just a little dip into my brain. When I read a comic book, I see it as almost like a storyboard for like a, a movie. you know, so there's one panel that I in a and I think it was issue seven or something that I read where there's a secret agent that is like kind of like suspicious of Chu and there's a part where he he like they're in the elevator like pointing guns at each other and then like all of a sudden like the elevator doors open (laughs) and and like you see that like there's somebody waiting and like you know the first (laughs) panel is the door is closed and it goes ding and then like the doors open and then the girl's like take the stairs and then it like the next panel is like the people looking at each other with the doors closed. Yeah. Like, it was just so perfect. Yeah. Like, I could see that comedic timing coming into, like, like a movie. Like, right. it, it, it plays out so perfectly. You don't have to change anything. The writer does a great job putting together, like, a... Visual story yes. that you can see happening in live action or in animation. Like I'm, am excited for it.
0: He has that that messed up sense of humor, right? Yeah. Where things are just like, oh, that's messed up, but <laughs> hilarious at the same time. His name is John Layman, right? John I feel like Layman. I feel like I have to have to make sure I'm giving him proper props, but um he's got a great sense of humor and he's twisted and it's weird and it goes from very sweet and sensible to very sort of rated r and oh messed up or that's jacked yeah John, that was right good yeah doesn't that doesn't his face look familiar you don't remember sitting in that panel (laughs) (laughs) all right but yeah he was a very funny hilarious uh kooky guy but i'm glad that you're reading chew that that like really warm like warms my nerd heart to see that uh, after all the times I've been reading it and had it around and laying around and telling you to read it, that you sort of found it on your own. It's like how people find Tenacious D. You can't be you can't be told <laughs> no, to, yeah, to, I mean. to like Tenacious D. You have to sort of find it. That's true. You have yeah. to sort of find it on your own. You can't be told. So good stuff. I'm glad that you found it organically. And uh, the last thing that's floating around in my nerd brain is that I'm actually writing and creating a comic book called zombie destroyers yes i'm doing the writing the coloring the lettering my friend jordan hudson is doing his amazing art check out jordan on his instagram at jordan underscore hudson underscore art his art is beautiful as we're looking at it in the sunspots comic studio right here yeah <laughs> hung up and framed but um, please also check out zombiedestroyers.com. That's our website. For just a couple of pages, there are there so you can look at, just see the art without any storytelling to just give you kind of a glimpse into what my comic book looks like, Zombie Destroyers. And just a quick little Zombie Destroyers update: Jordan has actually finished the penciling for pages 18, 19, and 20, and I've finished the layouts, the visuals for writing of page 21, and submitted it to him. So he's working on page 21 right now, which I'm super proud of. It's like a sort of another one of those back at the lab moments that I wrote. And I can't wait for the entire world to see it. We're going to be ending it on page 30 uh, with maybe a bonus page to make it 31, 32. But I'm super excited. I can't wait to show issue number one to the world. We hope to get it out uh, sometime this year is our plan. So please check out zombiedestroyers.com. But next up, I want to mention our spotlighting segment. We have an interview here with the creators of Voracious Feeding Time. Issue number four just dropped uh wednesday this last wednesday and it is on our top pick list here but they were nice enough marcus and naso and jason muir to sit down and talk about the issue in a spoiler-free way but uh breakdown issue number four of voracious feeding time so without further ado here is our interview and enjoy this is marcus and naso and jason muir of action lab danger zones comic voracious feeding time talking about issue four here it comes so here we go guys hello i'm here with marcus and and jason muir of voracious feeding time they're here to talk about issue number four that just dropped that's the what the kids call it right dropped <laughs> how's it going guys
1: it's going great thanks for having us on chris and uh hey congratulations on a hundred episodes yeah thanks that's really cool
0: i thought that's pretty cool i'm a big podcast fan and you know if you listen to a lot of podcasts a lot of them don't make it to this number and you know, uh, I'm, I'm proud, man, to, to, you know, love my hobby so much to have hung in there for a hundred. So it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of work and uh, obviously you're dedicated to it. So it's a great oh, yes. cast. Well,
0: forever now, you guys will always be right here. This is going on on episode, on issue number 100. So you guys are you guys are on it. The only guests to ever be on on the episode 100. <laughs> yes.
3: Awesome. We're on the giant anniversary sized issue of the podcast.
0: Yes, it's a uh, fourteen point <laughs> three hours long. It's crazy. It's uh, we're just yeah. going for like a world record or something.
3: <laughs> yeah, one of us does have to die on this podcast, though. I think that's how it goes. Yes, we're gonna have to draw
0: straws, right? <laughs> see what <I'm>... Yeah, <laughs> virtual straws being drawn. <laughs> well, I have to tell you guys, thank you for sending me an advanced copy of Voracious Feeding Time Issue Four. I read it furiously in a fever. And I was at work. I probably shouldn't have just been reading it on 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 work time. No, I was kidding. I was on break, in case they're listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I tell you, I gotta say, you guys—the uh, feel of it—is that you've overall, in so many different categories, just kicked it up a notch. I mean, your comics already great, but I have some some points here that I really felt you guys just just kind of brought it up in a few areas, like conscious or just unconscious, and all the synapses or the synergies happening. <laughs>
1: No, I think everything is uh, conscious. I think that, uh, the story builds as it goes and gets uh, more complex. Um, I think we planned it that way.
0: Excellent. I love it. And Jason specifically, I've noticed even as going through it again, that it seems like you've spent a little more attention to some of the eye lines, some of the facial features. I mean, it, it, it just, it, really sold and was very for me and it, it has before but it seemed like you kicked it up a notch and 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 you're maybe you're just evolving or can you talk a little bit about that it seems uh, very clear you've kicked it up
3: um yeah i mean i hope every issue looks a little bit better than the last um, um there's you know there's there's some emotional beats in the issue so you know every time that happens i really try to Make sure the the eyes are selling it, the the posture's selling it, the hands are selling it. You know, if you if you don't read the dialogue, hopefully you can still infer uh, the emotion that's being communicated. So yeah, I don't know, just try my best every issue.
0: Yeah, well, very easily, man. You have to do that with comics, and you sold it. I mean, even from Thanks. the hilarious opening sequence, which I love that you guys. Uh, you know, I follow you on Facebook, and you mentioned about your request to have a rainbow shooting out of a dinosaur's chest. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he and uh, and if you if you'd already don't follow you uh, you know Marcusson on Facebook, just look him up, Marcusson Naso on Facebook, and you can follow him. But how did that come to pass? how did that jump inside your brain, and and how did that come to be? Just that little bit, if you could. <sighs>
1: Uh, you know, I just have a lot of weird stuff in my brain. <laughs> um, but we've just been kind of building these uh, relationships as, as we go in the book. And um, early on in the series, you see Nate and he, he thinks in stick figures. And um, so I thought, well, maybe his dreams are a little bit more elaborate. And, um, I just, I knew that he was going to wake up in a foreign place because obviously he's our lead character. He's not going to die, uh, in the middle of the book. So I said, well, he should have a dream and maybe it'll be about Starley, you know, <laughs> to try to make that, uh, that kind of circle with him and his girlfriend, Jenna and Starley a, a little bit more, um, uh, focused and, uh, interesting. So I don't know. I was thinking about the dream and all the things that Starley likes and things that Nate likes. <laughs> uh, and mixed it up and jason just he nailed it because they're on top of a rhino <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which starly loves rhinos and uh with the armor and everything and then uh um, the dinosaurs and chef hats I, I wanted them to be the uh the audience you know because yeah. celebrating their romance uh, yeah. which hasn't really happened in the book but you know it's something that's in the back of nate's mind obviously
0: no, the the anthropomorphic dinosaur high fiving going on in that sequence, I literally laughed out loud. I was like, <laughs> like I've never <laughs> ever seen that uh, anywhere, so it's great. Like you can claim that as a first, you know. <laughs> yeah, I laughed when high-fiving. I was
1: <laughs> when I was writing the script. I was laughing too, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if Jason was maybe uh, when I sent it to him, but uh, he actually. <laughs> And I love it because he put in um, uh, Gus in there too, uh, which I didn't – that wasn't in the script. Uh, I just told him to put these different dinosaurs. I think I described a few. But he puts Gus in there and he's wearing this T-shirt that says Gnarly on it. Yeah. So it's for Nate and Starly together. And I didn't – that wasn't in the script. That was just something Jason put in and that made me laugh.
0: I immediately caught that and hit you up on Facebook. Remember? I'm like you brought Nate and (laughs) and Marley together. Like that was great. Thanks. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I love
1: when jason does those little extra touches like that. It's it's great It, it gives me a, a good laugh and uh, it, it just makes everything more fun
0: And i'm a fan of easter eggs and you guys seem to have without spoiling anything You're gonna have to read it folks, but uh, you guys are, you know Sprinkling in some of those little easter eggs there and and I
1: love that <laughs> Thanks, man Yeah, I mean everything in the book really kind of matters So I mean I think you can go back into the earlier issues and you may have missed some things that happened uh, but a lot of that stuff is going to come back. Um, I don't really, Jason, and I don't really waste panels. So, um, I think as the book develops, if people want to go back and look at some of the stuff and see how it actually started to form, you'll be, you'll be able to follow that.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, I definitely, they're rereads, which is very rare for me. Uh, if I can continue to gush over it, cause obviously I love it, but, uh, One thing I I noticed the coloring for Andre, he seemed to also like there just seems to be more vibrant and just definitely the depth of color and respect to light seems to again if he's even kicked up a notch here.
3: Yeah, I feel like Andre, I mean, hopefully, just like me, Andre's getting better every issue. Um, You know, I I feel bad because like when Andre signed on to do the book, you know, we, we told him the premise of the book, it was about a chef and he goes back to the past and gets this these dinosaur meat but i don't think he knew about the twist of the second arc that we were going to you know the futuristic dinosaur world so we kind of <laughs> just threw that on him and uh he's done a really good job of adapting because every issue is you know you got crazy scenes so we're in like gus's apartment and there's there's weird you know holograms and there's cool you know mood lighting coming in from this neon city outside and then there's a lab and then there's you know the, the glow of the lab so he's really doing a great job of um just coloring these different environments and making them feel different and making them feel futuristic or if it takes place in the past or, you know, a certain time of day. Yeah. He's great at that. We, we love, I mean, we love all his colors, but I particularly really love the way he does, uh, lighting, you know, like times of day or just like a feel of, you know, a lab with the, the, the hum and the glow of all the, all the tech all around the people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I think he does that stuff. Great. I think he,
1: And even in this issue, I think he added the rain because there's a a scene at night where there's rain. I don't think that was in the script or the direction, Jason. I think he just kind of added that that mood and it worked perfectly. I really like that.
0: He just wanted some rain. He was feeling rain. (laughs) (laughs) I think that texture wise, he added definitely a grittier feel to it. I mean, there's a scene with uh, just blood on Owen's mouth that doesn't give away anything. That uh, you can tell he spent more time with just the texturized coloring look there. I mean, it's great.
1: Yeah, yeah thanks. I mean, yeah, he kills it every time. Uh, we give him, uh, we used to give him a lot more direction. And Jason kind of he draws out some of the blood digitally, but then Andre just kind of makes it his own. And uh, we've given him less and less notes as it goes on. Jason could probably speak more to that because he works with him even more closely than I
3: do. Yeah, we got a good system going now. You know, it's pretty easy to communicate that stuff. Yeah, if there's like an element or a special effect or something, I'll try to, try to put it in on a separate layer and give it to him and say, you know, like, here's how I want this light beam to look, you know, make it look better, things like that. Um, so, yeah, we got a good system working with that type of stuff. And usually I don't even have to tell him. I just send him a file that has a layer that says, you know, laser beam or <laughs> rain or something like that. He takes it and runs with it. And, turns it in just exactly how i envisioned it
0: that's awesome i love that synergy right it's all happening all the synapses at the same time that's you guys yeah. are you guys have hit your stride in this i feel i mean we're issue number four but it's just like you guys are getting better and i i really as a reader and a fan i totally appreciate that but i have to say man centerpiece of this right is a splash page of which i think is the end the sort of side title of this issue which is the rise of owen you know like this uh <laughs> I mean, glorious uh, splash page, and I love that he's the centerpiece because he's sort of becoming my favorite character, you know, in that huh. but, in the buddy cop between Owen and Gus uh, situation mm-hmm. that got going there. And I have to sort of ask: uh, I feel and I sense that there is uh, that he has had feelings for Gus's wife. Was there, and you know, there's some hints to it, but and there's really not anything to do with this issue. But you think uh, is that a vein there? Or am I totally
1: off? Is that uh, something that's going on there? Um, I. That's not something I really thought about, actually, no. to be honest, Chris. No. Um, but there is stuff in their past that you you will see when we do the third volume. Excellent. So there's there's definitely going to be uh, a sequence in the past with the, with the two of them, and you're going to get to know uh, them and, and their relationship uh, better. Um, yeah, that splash page is like one of my favorite things Jason's yeah. ever done. It's really cool. And we get to introduce horror. And we've already got a lot of uh, stuff going on in Voracious, but we get a little bit of horror going on uh, in this book. And, um, you know, Gus is, uh, he kind of holds back his emotions, whereas Owen is, he wears them on his sleeve. He wants to do something about it. And so he was kind of the perfect vehicle to take a, into the, a different level of um, uh, emotional, uh, emotional place that we hadn't explored before.
0: Yeah. Very uh, visceral. And uh, I, I love that, you know, you could tell he's uh, of feeling thought inside of his true nature. And he's, he, you know, he's, he's uh, evolving and changing to say the least without going into spoilers. I have to tell you that uh would be a glorious poster uh, autographed by the <laughs> two of you hint, hint, nudge, nudge. I'm waving my hand over like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just Thanks. I mean well done, and it just exclamation points the centerpiece of this and uh, I mean, even your recipe at the end i got is is the uh, the restaurant that that you got the new recipe from the friend of yours i I kind of glanced it over and I was like, oh yes uh, what 's this, and how do you pronounce that restaurant Trecalese Trus-
1: <laughs> Uh yeah, um, yeah, I know uh, one of the owners uh, through a mutual friend I had met her uh, a couple times before, and um you know, I've been trying to get restaurants uh, into the book before, and um, I've gotten close. like they've been interested, but it it hasn't always ah uh, hasn't worked out. So um, I, I reached out and um, we got this one, and it's a great one. Yeah. Uh, so we're really excited about it to have like a real chef, uh, Jolinda Klopp, uh, actually contribute something to the book instead of just you know stuff from my head.
0: Yeah, and this is an intricate recipe. I told you my my sister is a general manager of a really awesome restaurant, and uh, this is one I, I'm going to be giving to her because it's uh, very intricate and it sounds very delicious. And that's just awesome. Again, like kicking it up a notch, having a more uh, a more evolved, more you know, seem like a full flavored, intense dish here. You know, five star dish. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's from a real chef <laughs> instead awesome. of just some writer guy who thinks he can cook. <laughs> fantastic so if you can because you guys are better at it than me give us uh for the listeners uh the gist of this particular issue you know without spoiling it and uh so tell me what we have in store here because i already know because i read it but what do we have in store for voracious feeding time issue four
1: uh, uh jason you want to attempt that Take I mean, uh, let's see, see what happens
3: so you know if you've been following along with the series obviously nate's screwed up he's uh been taking dinosaurs from the past and we find out that uh you know, they're not dinosaurs from our past, they're dinosaurs from the from another dimension. So they've infect they've affected the uh the descendants in that dimension who are evolved dinosaur people, the Saurians. So uh at this point in the series, Nate has been taken to the future, to the dinosaur universe, uh by two cops. And uh, you know, they're trying to figure out the situation here. Nate didn't mean to do it, but obviously he screwed up and Um, there are consequences to it. Uh, And at this point in the series, one of the dinosaur cops has um, gone rogue and he's decided he's going to uh, fix this situation on his own. So uh, issue four is kind of dealing with um, the fallout of that. You know, Nate and Gus, who are still in the future, need to figure out what they're going to do. Owen's on his own journey of revenge. So we get uh, some big developments there. And Mm -hmm. then uh, back, back home in Black Fossil, Nate's friends are still looking for him, you know, uh, his girlfriend and his best friend are running the restaurant and figuring out where the heck Nate is. His uh, grandmother's in the hospital. Um, and then his friend Jim was uh, was left for dead in the past because uh, he got beat up by uh, Gus and Owen. So we kind of figure out, you know, what's going on with Jim.
0: Excellent. It's just such an ensemble, great ensemble piece and, and the family and the friendship that's all mixed into this. I mean, that's uh, is it tough juggling sort of all these personalities that you want to give some some daylight to?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really tough because, uh, you know, there's a lot of characters and I feel like they're all important to the story. And um, there's all just a lot going on in our book because it's a sci-fi book. I mean, there's a mystery going on. You know, it, it's got humor in it, action. So, yeah, it is a little bit tough. Uh, but, you know, once I start writing it, uh, once I think about the characters, it, it just kind of flows So, um, you know, there's certain beats that I want to get to in this particular issue. You know, we learn more about Nate's past, Starley's past and uh, the sheriff and how that's connected. And that's something I wanted to get to because of all the characters in the book. um, The sheriff hasn't really had a a big spotlight on him. He's just kind of been this dick in the background who's who's (laughs) trying to stop Nate. From whatever he doesn't even know what Nate's doing he just doesn't like him and now you know a little bit more about why he's doing what he's doing uh because of this issue so there's certain character beats that I want to get to and um you know you only have so much room um like we haven't seen Maribel in a while now she's starting to come back into the book and and you'll see a lot more Maribel and her story in issue five but uh yeah I mean I guess it's tough, but it's also fun, Chris. I mean, it's really fun to tell these individual stories and then tell an overall story together. And you know what you guys
0: do a great job on, on Voracious Feeding Time that is unique to a lot of comics that I'm reading? Is uh sometimes you have a hard time getting behind any one or any three particular characters in a, in a comic, you know, you're you're struggling to sort of find characters that you that you gravitate to and you like, but there are you kind of mix it up with aspects of all these different characters in this, you know, from Gus to Owen to everyone, and uh, it's just uh overall, you know, it gives you that that you're invested, sort of family and friend feeling, you know, and I, you really capture mm-hmm.
1: that. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. You know, I I think that's how it is in real life. I think that for our characters, they're all basically good people, right? But they might make a misstep. They might have had something that happened in their past that causes them to make bad decisions. But overall, they're all really good people. And so you're going to see, you know, the good aspects of them. And then when they make a bad decision or if they're against one of the other characters, you might see that come out. And they kind of take turns for, like, who you root for. You know, Um, you thought you were going to root for Nate in the very beginning, because he's coming back from losing his sister and his parents. And then you find out what he's been doing. And you're like, well, I guess I'm going to root for the Saurians now because mm-hmm. of what happened. And uh, n- nothing's ever quite that simple. And, um, you know, and that's why I really needed a, an artist like Jason to sell it. Because there's so much emotion. There's so much going on. And uh, so Jason and Andre really, really bring that out. I, I tend to write a lot of um, pages without dialogue, too. And, um, you know, they really carry that through. Um, and it's just important, I think, uh, that's why I think you get the response that you do is because of, uh, the way they convey the characters and the art.
0: Yeah. Well, it's uh, and I have to, to ask you too, the, uh, this, the, the world of the, the Sauron, the dinosaur, you know, world, the future world, I love the tech there. And you got to answer me. Are you guys going to live in that world a little bit more in the future? In their future,
3: <laughs> yeah, I think issue five has a little bit of that in there, right? I'm trying to remember <laughs> at this
1: point. <laughs> You're going to get more lab for this uh, yeah. arc. You're going to get more of the lab stuff, but I, uh, you mean like outside of it, you see yeah. more of that actual world? Yes, you will see more of that uh, in the third and final uh, arc of uh, Voracious, okay. it's called Voracious Appetite for Destruction. You will see more of that. Like I mentioned, you're going to see um, Gus and Owen in the past, so you'll you get to s- – in that world, of course. Um, so you'll get to see a little bit more of that uh, when we do the third arc. But um, uh, Yeah, most of it's focused right now in uh, Black Fossil and, and then the lab uh, where Bronson yeah. and uh, the scientists are trying to, to figure out uh, stuff from their end.
3: Yeah, you know, the title. stuff that happens in issue five. Issue five moves pretty fast. We start ripping through, you know, important plot points, important character developments, pretty fast, and it all comes to a pretty big head. Kind of like the first arc, where it ends on a on a note where you're like, "Well, where do we go from here?"
0: Uh, man, it's a uh, such fun, such well paced, such a great ensemble of characters that you're invested in, and that family and friend feeling. I can't recommend this enough to you, listeners. Go and get voracious feeding time. Uh, you can get them all uh, at your local comic book shops. Get them on Comicsology; it is just good stuff. So tell me, what uh, tell us, tell what what can we look forward to after this? Give you gave us a little some little snapshots, but um, in the uh, ap- Appetite of Destruction, by the way, fantastic title. So after that arc, uh, welcome to the jungle. What's what's where are we going from there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jason, do you want to uh, tackle that?
3: Yeah, the next one's called Chinese Democracy. It's gonna take uh, 20 years to come out. Um, so, Appetite for Destruction is the final arc of the book. So, uh, we got one more. We're, it's I guess it's sort of a trilogy. So, we definitely have an endpoint in, in mind. Uh, so, after this one, we have about five more issues, and uh, you know, we're kind of hammering out right now where how that's gonna gonna unfold and when and how and all that stuff. But yeah, there's an ending in mind, and we're uh, we're moving very quickly towards it.
0: Wow, hard end or you know, a we'll see where the world goes or a hard end.
1: Um I I, I mean it's definitely an end. I think uh there could be other series that shoot off of that. I've actually thought, I've mapped out everything that happens in the, in the final arc, so you're going to find out uh, the fates of Nate, and, and Maribel, and Starley, and, and Owen, and Gus, and everybody in there, you're going to find out about uh, Maribel's mysterious past, and, and Tony. You know, everything that we've brought up, the mysteries, they're, they're going to be solved, but that doesn't mean things couldn't uh, continue on from there a, in a different way, um, but that's not something we would do uh, uh, right away. So, um, as far as the, this voracious story and really Nate's story, cause he is the center of the book, um, appetite for destruction, you know, finishes that.
0: Yeah. And I love his, you know, his, his coming of age, really, that's the, another core element here, right. Uh, for Nate. So that's great. You're, you're looking at, uh, you know, you really answered it as more of a, it is kind of a hard ending, but we'll see. So last question did the story, as they say, writers say the story sort of writes themselves sometimes, or did it pretty much stay on on point with with how you wrote it out?
1: Oh you know it's changed. You know, I, I the way I write is I came up with a plot um, for overall, and then I write out character beats. So uh, for each character, I write, you know, here's their beginning, here's their middle, here's their end, and they've got to reach certain points to get there. Um, and then I would map out the issue like, okay, here's 22 pages, 24 pages. Here's what's going to happen on each page. But then as I write it, sometimes that changes. Sometimes I'm like, well, I, I think the story should go this way because of what just happened. And so I might change what's happening in the issue. You know, I still have an overall goal for each issue and for the series as a whole when I write it, um, and when Jason, you know, draws it, but, um, You know, scenes change. Um, I get to things a little bit faster uh, than I anticipated sometimes because it just felt more natural. And um, so, and I enjoy that part of it. You know, I like mapping it out. I like to have a plan, but then when you get into it, you know, if something changes, that's okay. You can be spontaneous. I like that uh, duality. And that's how I really approach life. Like I'll do a spreadsheet for a vacation. Here's all the things I want to (laughs) do, but then when I get to the place, you know, something else might come up. I don't have to necessarily do everything on that spreadsheet. You know, I want to right. uh, experience new things. You might and want so wings
0: or something, you know. You know I might know. want wings because, you, you know, wings.
1: somebody somebody there told me there's amazing wings, you know, and I <laughs> like hot things. So, you know, uh, so that's how it, that's the best part of writing, I think. You know, you have a plan, but then you do it and then, and then things kind of change. And, and that's the fun of it.
0: Wow, well, it's it's come together great, and uh, oh, last qu- uh, question too. I think for Jason, Jason, did you? I just feel like this is you. Did you write in the uh, the dinosaur with the comic book long box in the lab?
3: The dinosaur with the comic book long box. Yeah, it's
0: got to be a comic book long box. You know what I'm talking about? The panel in the lab. Oh, I don't know what
3: you're talking about.
1: Maybe it was sub, just subconscious. He didn't even realize. <laughs> Maybe,
0: Markson, did you write that? in there for him
1: no i didn't write a long box in there which i have to find out what scene this
0: is it's very clearly on um page 18 in the lab and uh the three main characters gus nate and the two scientists are heading on the right and on the left Mm -hmm. almost exiting the panel is a dinosaur carrying a comic book long box very clearly (laughs) (laughs) i think you You both subconsciously look at page 18 in the lab yep I mean, that'd be great if you guys didn't even realize you did that. And I mean, yeah. it's just so clearly to me, colored appropriately. It looks exactly like just a comic book long box under. Oh yeah,
3: it does look like you carry a comic book long box. <laughs> uh, yeah, I that's... imagine, you know, yeah, the lady dinosaur in that town. Yep. Um, you know, most of the time in those those kind of pages, it's just like techie junk, techie junk. Uh
0: huh. And then just comic book stuff.
3: <laughs> it
0: looks just like one though, right? He brought <laughs> comic to work. Because anyway, the next time you write that, if you could write Sunspot's comics on there, it'd be awesome. Just put a little, my my logo, just put it on the long box. Hint, it's funny because
1: Jason will add little elements like that, you know. Oh, it's funny that. you pointed that one out, but he he's definitely added little elements like that throughout the series. And uh, that one just happens to look like a comic long box and <laughs> something that caught your eye. That's yes. pretty funny.
0: I'm glad I was the first. So hint, hint, nudge, nudge, hand waving over the screen. Uh, I love it. <laughs> and that's great well cool guys thank you so much and and i'm super excited to pop it open and read it again and uh i'm gonna uh, my son's gonna read it we're gonna both discuss it on issue on this particular podcast issue 100 so thank you guys again for coming on and thank you for your time i know you're very limited and uh you guys where can we all where can everyone find you please uh plug yourselves
1: uh, well, for uh, Voracious uh, on Twitter and on Facebook, it's Voracious Comic. So Twitter, at Voracious Comic. And then just do a search for Voracious Comic on Facebook, and that's where you'll find us. Uh, we post a lot of stuff there. Um, you can see like sketches and where we're going to be for upcoming conventions. Uh, we're going to be at uh, C2E2. Uh, we're also going to be at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Um, so you get to see all that stuff, and uh, you know we'll, we post lots of different things there. And then my website is uh, markasson.com, so you can find more information there about me. And uh, Jason, you want to give them your information? Uh,
3: yeah, I'm just Jason, Jason Muir on Twitter, Jason Muir on Facebook. Pretty easy. Kept it easy.
0: Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Maybe I'll catch <laughs> you guys out in San Diego. I'm trying to make my way out there this year.
3: So yeah, that'd I'll be great, by.
0: Chris. Yeah, and see you guys face-to-face.
1: Yeah, and- Yeah, and happy uh, 100 episodes. Thanks. I
0: appreciate it. Thanks, guys. And like I said, go out, get Voracious Feeding Time. You will not be disappointed. Issue number four is out right now. Go get it. But thanks, guys. I'll talk to you again soon. All right. Bye, Chris. Take care. (laughs) Sounds pretty cool, right, Jables? What do you think of that?
2: Yeah, they're cool dudes. Um <laughs> they're real cool dudes. I haven't talked to any of them personally, but uh I'd like to.
0: Next time we're on, we'll have you on and you can bring your perspective there and some different questions. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Cause I thought that was just cool that you know that issue came out and they took some time. So thanks again, Marcus and and Jason. We I just appreciate your time. It means a lot to me. And uh, again, please, the world, check out Voracious Feeding Time. So if you yourself are a comic book creator or you know someone that is and they're struggling to get into comics, that's what that spotlighting segment is for here at Sunspots Comics. So please just send me a review copy of your work, uh, email it to me at chris at sunspotscomics.com or of course send me a message on all the social media at sunspotscomics. But I'm an independent comic book creator myself and I know it's difficult out there so I want to do my part to shine some light and tell our listeners about you so hit me up. And I will do what I can. I'll do my part to spread the word of struggling comic book creators. Like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like us. So now, on to some comic book uh, news. I've got just a couple of articles here. And they actually are in the category of some comic book feel-good factoid freebies. Ring the, the sound effect.
2: Oh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> me doing was ring sound <laughs> I know. You should just be my you sound. stupid sound every <laughs> freaking episode. <laughs> I love it.
0: I just want you to do all the sound effects with your mouth. Um, Anyway, the first one actually comes from the Washington Post Talking about the comic book that I've On past uh, issues have discussed Called Love is Love It was a comic book done 100% for charity For the families and victims And loved ones of the Orlando Pulse nightclub shooting And they announced recently on the Washington Post That they raised $165,000 I mean people like Even like comedians were on it The creator of uh the d- director of the Wonder Woman movie Patty Jenkins she wrote the forward to it i mean it's top notch stuff all he the top had,
2: like like JK Rowling JK yeah. Rowling there's a Harry Potter one in there
0: drawn um, by by Jim Lee yeah
2: which is like <laughs> nuts like that's not um i've i've heard a lot of interviews with Mark Ondrake the, the the guy who sort of started it yes you know, it was his it sort of idea mm-hmm. um i've i've heard a lot of interviews um and, and it's sort of like a heartwarming just just awesome sort of thing that like you don't see in the comic book industry where you just get these, like right. these short stories with multiple different characters from multiple different universes coming together. Yeah. And it's all a positive thing. You know, it's, it's right. I mean, it's tragic, you know, because it deeply in its roots is about a tragedy, but it, it's all positive. You know, it, it, it's awesome to see. Yeah. Um, great. I don't know. Just, just, great humanity you know i know it's awesome
0: like i wish they the comic industry in a whole would almost not need a tragedy if you will to do something sort of like this right yeah. a collective gathering of the best of the best in some sort of themed way but it is what it is here it is i mean even Patton oswald that's the comedian i was thinking about that did a, a part of this it's a new york times bestseller for graphic novels which is great and i mean one hundred sixty-five thousand dollars to help the families and people that that lost a loved one in that the orlando shooting was i mean i just wish that uh, and i i know we will see more that comics would step up and do this the industry in a whole but uh, i just wanted to to just mention it that it's been doing great it's only 10 bucks all the money goes to charity and you should go out and buy it it's love is love it's primarily a partnership between idw and dc but it's got sprinkled in a ton of stuff Spider-Man
2: in, there? in there i thought there was a i don't remember but I, i'd have to read it again um probably yeah but no
0: i don't think it is <laughs> but it just seems like everyone's in it you know it's crazy from, uh, even like the Punisher, it's it's just it's just it's it is it is just a mixture. It's all over the place, but it's message ultimately is love is love. It's only ten bucks. Go grab it, and uh, you'll you won't be you won't be uh, unhappy. Yeah, if Trust you're me. At
2: WonderCon, I think they were even doing some some charitable auction stuff there. That's great. Um, I think I forgot forgot what was going on, but I remember hearing something about uh, Mark Andreko being there, and they're selling some art for charity, which is you know awesome. But um. I I if you're at WonderCon, if you're listening to this, it's probably after WonderCon. But you know, if you saw Mark and Draco, you know, good for you.
0: Yeah, have him sign this if you yeah. see him. I say, I I would totally have him sign this, but. Go grab it again. It's called Love is Love. It's 10 bucks, and all the money goes to...
2: I know Jim Lee was at WonderCon this year, which was like yeah. freaking ridiculous. I know.
0: Everyone was yeah. there. Don't get me started on WonderCon. <laughs> but anyway. And the second comic book feel-good factor free comes from redandblack.com. And this is another sort of charitable event where they created a life-sized comic book exhibit highlighting the importance of bone marrow donations. So check this out. They created 14 12-foot-high comic page murals to su- to support their marrow man comic book, and it's it's kind of awesome that they use this sort of theme and a hero's name marrow man as uh, their sort of primary good guy, and he's fighting like all of these diseases, and those are the villains. Like look at <laughs> look at that. It's like you know, there's blood venom, and there's these monsters sort of related to the the, the interior of your body and bone marrow, etc. That they created as bad guys, but. You gotta go look at this. They're they're traveling around with it. It's probably gonna come to an artist exhibit near you. You can go to www.marrowman.com for more information. But it's just a the 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 father created this because his eight-year-old son had the ailment and he got a bone marrow transplant and is living great. Like it was like five years ago and he's healthier now because of it. So he was like in appreciation that he decided to create this because him and his son are into comic books and they melded those two worlds together. But pretty cool, right? These giant size, like these these murals here we're looking at are like six feet high. The whole comic is 12 12 feet high by six feet wide in this this glorious art exhibit. So it's coming to an art exhibit place near you, but again, it's on redandblack.com. And it's uh, marrowman.com. I just wanted to shine a little light and, again, another another example of positivity and, and the world of comic books stepping up to sort of bring awareness to the importance of bone marrow donations. Um, so I thought, very cool, right? Yeah. Heartwarming. So that's my second, and those are my two comic book feel-good factoid freebies. So now, on to our favorite part of the sunspot Comics podcast, Jables, which is our comic book reviews and recommendations where we pick our favorite comic books for new comic book day wednesday march 29th and of course ring the bell come on give me the give me the give me the spoiler alert sound come on <laughs> spoiler ish alert honestly we really don't talk about the last two pages we really don't bring up every sort of interesting talking point of a comic book but we do go over some of the highlights of it we're ultimately trying to persuade you into going to a local comic book shop and supporting them and buying these comic books immediately so but just in case you haven't sort of warned Semi-spoiler-ish alert And also a little If you want to see everything that we're reading All of our favorite picks since 2015 That's when this started or This being issue 100 Just go to sunspotscomics.com And just click on pull list To see the 148 titles that we're actually reading Click on top comic books of the week To see all of the past top picks It's all there It's cataloged You can go oh, I wonder what was came out a couple of months ago That was amazing Boom It's there by what week it was What, what Wednesday it came out And the titles So you can just go and look at it i'm proud of the site it's been updated of course every week i do update it again it's sunspotscomics.com and check it out and this week's art winner i think maybe you and i had different art winners possibly we'll hammer that out here now but my favorite was stephen thompson art winner hands down for aliens defiance issue number 10 i mean it is hyper realistic right super gritty lives yeah. in the dark and the shadows with light sources pointing out right
2: yeah it reminds me of a lot of, of aliens yes you know? so the movie and the
0: movie yeah. aliens and look at there's a there's a, like the third page in there's a sequence where they're floating across these this these two ships and the sky sort of behind them with the star lines sort of bleeding yeah. star lines really gives that feeling of motion that they're floating through space and if anything, this, because of the lack of sort of dialogue in some of these space moments, it really makes you feel that, that bit of that loneliness and that crazy creepiness of floating throughout space. And it does a great job of capturing that. And also like living in the dark, this, this issue actually really conveys in a beautiful way, the shadows and the sort of eeriness and frightfulness of a being in a spaceship with minimal power. So most of it is dark. Yeah. And all of the sort of shadowing and light sources are just, they really pop. Yeah. And so, Stephen Thompson, hands down, my art winner. Who was your art winner this week?
2: Um, it was for Jughead. Jughead the Hunger. Yeah, the um, one shot. The one shot, I, I have to look at the artist's name. But um, I just, I, I loved this freaking book. It was, just just in general, the book was awesome. Um, the colors were just frickin' awesome. Like, everything just about this book, I just loved. But yeah. The colors colorist was a
0: D. Caniffi, by the way. D. Caniffi, and the art was Michael
2: Walsh. Um, but yeah, it was it was just a fun book to read, and I think I, I've never read any Archie stuff, but like purple. The, yeah, a lot of a lot of <laughs> colors, a lot of a lot of reds in the backgrounds. You know, like reds and purples. Yeah, reds, purples, <laughs> and then just mixed with you know good like facial art. I, I mean, I've never seen these characters. You know, I mean besides you know my knowledge of Archie, um. But it was just fun. It was a good little off-world, you know, fun story, just like Afterlife of Archie, with amazing art. That was my art winner.
0: Yeah, they kept the palette of uh, Francisco Franco and his color palette and his sort of art style, although it has some sort of Jeff Lemire feel to it with sort of minimal scratchy lines, but very much the orange, the red, and the purple world that Afterlife of Archie lives in.
2: Yeah, there's a, there's a sequence here where they're, like, in like walking out of a restaurant, and it's, like, sort of... Um, at like dusk you know and uh yeah that orange yellowish orange as they walk out and just sort of like takes over the whole setting is just beautiful to me same with nighttime nighttime is very blue and purple and just the environment alone with all these colors and 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 it just bleeds in well with the story that they're trying to tell so i I liked it a lot
0: it gave off that very stylized horror feeling horror movie feel that that uh franco has doing for the afterlife with archie it's just so well captured, and look at how they use the giant lettering in the background there. Shove <laughs> like it reminds as... me a
2: little bit of Allies, like Allies yeah. from last week, where um, they they drew in the actual words instead of you know adding it in with post. Um, yeah, like there's a part where um, I forget his name, Shove's Jughead, um, Reggie, okay. Reggie, yeah, Reggie mm-hmm. Shove Jughead, and there's a big shove in the background, <laughs> you know. It's, it's just fun. It's pink, too, which is another like yeah. weird color choice. But it, 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 it's a fun book. I really loved it. Um, Go check this one shot out. If not for the art, it, for the story, because the story is really good. But, uh, yeah.
0: There were a lot of contenders this week for art. It was a tougher week for me to pick, but uh, I think for me, Stephen Thompson just edged him out. But this is someone I definitely considered... Uh, Michael Walsh, right? Yeah. Uh, top-notch. So those are our art picker, uh, picks of the week. And the art cover winner for me was Andy Kubert this yeah, week. Same, same. Oh, you agree with me on <laughs> yeah. that one? Excellent. For his uh, Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, issue number 8. And it was beautiful. It was the only piece of art this week that I saved as my desktop background. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because the glorious cover with Wonder Woman there and that Frank Miller style, right, in yeah. 300 sort of look. And there's just, she's whipping around her lasso and it just has this gleaming sort of sun-like yellow that's whipping all around her and lassoing above her head as she's being shot at. She's even hit, if you look closely. But there's just this sort of fire bolts of of Kryptonian heat vision that's all eye beams (laughs) are blasting past her. But it just has that Frank Miller 300 sort of look and it just lives in this entire palette of orange, yellow, and black, right? Yeah. Striking. Which, what
2: I think is is kind of awesome, when you get into the book, too, and even with the cover, is that, you know, you can't see Wonder Woman's face, it's blacked out.
0: Yeah, it's silhouetted here, I love Um, that.
2: Which is is interesting, because, you know, a major factor of why Wonder Woman is so great is because she's beautiful, and she's a woman, and she's all about woman empowerment, so it's kind of funny... And interesting that they blacked out her face to make her more intimidating. Right. So it, it like was he
0: focused on the musculature of her. Look yeah. at her back pose there, right? She's blocking her the beam. Are gigantic.
2: She's gigantic. Yeah. Bigger than I am. Just
0: a great action scene. <laughs> she's being shot. She's blocking with her cuffs at one point, and it's just uh, it's just beautiful action. And there's like this war going on behind her, and she's just iconic, right? Pose there, just lovely. But definitely, we agree. Then our artist cover winner of the week was Andy Kubert. Of Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, issue 8. Check, put your eyeballs on it. Uh, they'll be very happy <laughs> that you did. And a quick little breakdown, I actually purchased 20 comic books this week, and nine of them made it to the Great Ones list, which is good, almost almost that 50% that I like to be at, so that was nice. New number ones, there were five, and four of them made it to the Great Ones pick list, which is amazing, that's really, really good, we'll discuss those here in a second, but it's hardly, it's very rare, where almost all of the new number ones made it to the Great Ones pick list, so... So here we go. This uh, Let's get into the top comic book recommendations. This is The Great Ones of the Greatest we picked for New Comic Book Day, March 29th. We consider these to be the greatest of the great ones. And really, it's got to be super great to make the Sunspots Comics recommendation list so you can safely and easily go out and buy these. So here we go. These are The Great Nine. Coming in at number nine is Justin's Artist Pick Winner of the Week.
2: Jughead The Hunger.
0: One shot, which is nice. You don't need to know anything about it. it. doesn't go on. This is it. It's just a one shot. So tell us what you, I mean, we already broke down sort of the art, but story-wise, what's kind of happening here, of course, in a spoiler-ish for you kind of way?
2: Uh, So there's a killer on the loose in, you know, the town of whatever the heck the town's name is. <laughs> Riverdale. Riverdale, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I forgot that. That's it's <laughs> so iconic. Um, Has his own show. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's a killer on the loose, right? The, the first couple panels is like a... Almost, she looks like Aunt May, but I guess she's like the librarian or something. <laughs> Very much like Aunt she May. She looks like Aunt May. Um, she's running away from somebody, and she's you know tripping out, and then all of a sudden, her head's gone. Um, <laughs> and there's twelve people that live in this town, so, yeah, so it's there's like... <laughs> down the middle of the middle of
0: the street. She's walking down the middle of the street. Yeah. In on Main Street in Riverdale, there's no one there. Um, but anyway, yeah, great so horror scene moment.
2: It was a uh, basically there's a killer on the loose. Turns out, uh, by like you can see by like the third or fourth page that it is not human. Mm-hmm. Um. And then obviously... But you don't know what it is. They yeah, just kind of show an is. arm. It's, it's kind of an cool. Arm. And then you sort of go on through the storyline and figure out that somebody... I mean, it's not really a spoiler. It's Something. sort of in the name. But <laughs> right. Somebody in the Archie <laughs> Friends is a werewolf. <laughs> and then I like it em. just goes crazy. And it's awesome. Um, real fun book. I, just, I picked it up and put it down real quick because I finished the crap out of it super fast. Um, art was obviously my favorite. We
0: Very little dialogue, them. right? Not yeah. not weighed down by a lot of heavy dialogue.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, it was. Just, it was just fun. I, I don't really know how to ex- else like what other describing words. Why well, I it's think just...
0: conceptually the cool part about it is they have no regard. I mean, yeah. they have some regard for these characters, but they don't mind like. People dying, dying. and yeah. bad things happening to him. Right. Cause it's not, it's just encapsulated into yeah. it's only one shot without any continuity <laughs> worries, you know? Yeah. So you really get to live in this sort of world. But one funny scene I thought that they mixed into was where Jughead is sitting in the actual the diner, diner yeah. and pops diner and he's making this colossal sandwich.
2: Well, like, like, so
0: you think like maybe the hunger is just about how much he eats. Yeah. I mean, you don't know it is Archie <laughs> horror titles. You know, it's um, going to go crazy. But it,
2: it, I thought it was just before that they show that it's him. Um, all the people are like freaking out, like in the diner. The the owners and like the waitresses are like, <laughs> it's like you can see their faces thing. and they're covering their faces, like in mid-scream, like in some horror movie. And then it cuts to him just eating like a crazy sandwich with like ketchup all over. His face. Yeah,
0: there's like pizza in the sandwich and meatballs and like a lobster arm, like arm. <laughs> and there's like, like bananas the grossest, and
2: <laughs> the grossest sandwich like you've ever seen.
0: It's sort of what you always think an all-you-can-eat buffet will do, which is kick you out eventually. And the guy comes up with a blank check. And he just says, look, I'm just going to hand you this blank check if you will get out of my all-you-can-eat restaurant. <laughs> so it's a great little funny sequence, and that just kind of makes you feel warm and fuzzy because the horror then begins. So it was just a lot of fun, right, I thought? Yeah, that, a I great.
2: Mean, that, that's to, to, to narrow it down to just one word. It's just it's fun. Scary fun, I guess, if you want to add another word in there. Scary fun that... You know, I just, I loved
0: it. It They should, the Riverdale show, the TV show, should do this as a one-shot, right? (laughs) As
2: like a, yeah, like an alternate storyline. Just a
0: (laughs) one-shot. Nothing ever happens from it. It's just all on its own, like a mini-movie. Wouldn't that be great? That would
2: be awesome.
0: That would be great. But check it out. Jughead The Hunger. You won't be disappointed. It's a one-shot. You don't need to go back and know anything about it. Go grab it, though. It was super, super good. Coming in at number eight was the, in my opinion, the artist winner this week was Aliens Defiance, issue number 10. This is from Dark Horse. This is written by Brian Wood. And this is art by Stephen Thompson, my art winner of the week. And I tell you, the art again, like I said, chiseled, dark, gritty, realistic, intense. But this is kind of coming to an end. I feel like issue 11 or 12 could be the end of this. And this is where our... Main character Zulu, Zula Hendrix, which I like, just her character development here. She has a spinal injury. Um, she is there with the last of the synthoids that that bleeds that weird milky substance out of their out of the fluid out of their bodies, whatever it is, and is hellbent on a mission to destroy aliens when they weren't supposed to. And this is now their their A wall, you know their military agents. Even the Synthoid Davis, and they have this sort of doctor that they picked up on the last couple of issues that's there with them that they don't quite know yet and what her agenda is and don't trust her. So it's more of that interesting little three people kind of complicated relationship.
2: Yeah. I think it's always kind of funny when when a book can make you care about a robot. Yes, you know. So uh and, and especially an alien book because the aliens in or the the robots androids whatever you want to call them in in alien in the aliens franchise and whatever in yep. prometheus even they're all mm-hmm. dicks yeah. they all suck i hate all of them in every movie whenever there's a robot it's like oh like screw this like i like, just know there's, there's, the there's, no there's no programming
0: there's no programming to, like yeah. care really truly care about human life or yeah. want to protect it
2: but in this comic there is there's it's a, a real good character development for a robot yes and and he he's a good guy yeah he's, <laughs> he wants to live yeah.
0: he's sort of a, like artificial intelligence sort of aware right yeah and he wants to stay alive he's like afraid to die and afraid to be hurt
2: like ultron almost like like sort of like an ultron-esque you know robot a but a good person yeah as a good uh, yeah but I, I just thought it was kinda cool that it actually made me care about one of these androids that I've grown to hate after seeing all these movies. Right. It's it it fun. It
0: was and good. in the previous episode issues they show here too, they they hatched a queen. And they, they hatched a queen? Yeah. I'm gonna just say that. And they have uh, and the queen is still sort of in play. I don't want to give it all away as to what this action sequence happens, but now they're approaching Earth and they're supposed to have brought an alien specimen back, and are they going to bring the alien specimen back? Are they gonna fall they were on a hell bent mission to destroy aliens, and now they're just gonna bring it back to Earth? So here it, it goes. They're gonna there's even them potentially being shot out of the sky, uh, because of uh, their awolness and yeah. things going on. So action packed issue I thought from from page one to page twenty three. I feel
2: like space battles or any sort of Star Wars esque. Sci fi you know, sci fi stuff where there's action with ships in space you'll like this book this is a good one
0: you will love it it looks like it is coming to an end so i know they'll be collecting it all and another one that looks like it's actually coming to an end or this issue feels like the end is uh, our number seven on the countdown here black widow from marvel comics this is issue number 12 this is written by chris Samney uh, and writer mark wade and art by chris Samney, but he, chris is actually part of the creative team here so he's given writing credit but what did you think of this?
2: It's funny you say the this is the end because at the end of the book it says the end. <laughs> so I, I right. Um, this is actually the first book I picked up for the series, which regretfully I, I want to go back. Um, it but was. Is it the end? It was. Yeah. Is it the end? Because <laughs> we're not gonna answer that. <laughs> um, but this was like almost like it reminds me a lot of James Bond. Um, yeah. James, like like the final act of a James Bond movie where he's just sort of going all out. At least the Daniel Craig ones, I guess. Um, and he's sort of beaten up, and he's trying to come back. And, and it's it, it's a fun ride. Uh, lots of, like, crazy spy action, you know, with Black Widow flipping around and doing some stuff. Um, what I always thought was kind of funny, though, is, like, none of them, like, will die. It's <laughs> like, just die! You know, nobody ever, like, actually, fatally gets wounded or anything in
0: this particular like, issue, or, yeah. or
2: so you think like you're right. you think there? like oh like she got her She's a and guy. then like oh no what the hell like where'd she come from <laughs> you know, hard to go. kill
0: but in the gist here too this uh this series has been phenomenal you should definitely pick up black widow but this is the headmistress's other daughter like very similar to black widow character recluse yeah. recluse has trained uh, sort of 12 other little um, black widows, if you will. I love their suit. It's just like a scuba gear with, yeah. like, a, with like a red uh, you know visor they're looking through. Just very iconic. Like They just look like ninjas. But this is now that the head mit- mistress sort of killed herself in the red room. Recluse was close to there and considers she was the daughter, the, the daughter yeah, yeah, the right? Daughter the, Whether uh, she's really biologically a daughter or not, yeah. but consider her a yeah. mother. And hell-bent on killing Black Widow for having the head mistress kill herself. You know, all blackmail sort of things going on, and information, uh, and this is her trying to clear the some, some red out of her ledger. <laughs> you, right? know, you know what I
2: think is kind of funny. <laughs> this very well might be the last issue, but it's a very good issue to just jump on. Yeah, you know, which stand is alone. like it's kind of strange because you don't really need any backstory to see what's going on. It explains it in the little prologue, but. I mean, if you did read it, like, good for you, because you, I I That's obviously awesome. didn't read the first 11 issues, and, like, I regret it. I'm definitely going to read them. But you jump onto this issue, and you don't need any backstory. You don't need anything to, like, tie you down to the series. And it's sort of sad, because, like, I hope this isn't the end. Like, I want right. to keep reading. So, um, yeah.
0: well, you'll have 11, yeah, I mean, issues, have to 11 issues
2: to go back to go back on. But I want, I want to see what happens from here. You know, like, what's going to happen? Is this girl finally dead? Like, what the hell? So. We'll see what's going yeah. forward. But, this um, is like
0: doing a great job of resetting Black Widow, I think, and preparing her for her own movie. Yeah. It just seems like they're gearing up for that, right? But this is... Uh, I mean, you get to see what sort of a glimpse into the current status of Tony Stark is in this and how <laughs> he comes into a, effect. He's, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's on a beach. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, we've had um, hints of our, Tony Stark being shown as dead... And oh, yeah, the, there now, is just his artificial intelligence hologram with his personality yeah. downloaded into something. So we're not really sure if he's a human entity in this, this.
2: This ties in directly. It, it says it in the beginning into one of the civil war issues. Yeah, and that was that was a couple months back. Um, so Tony Stark was, was supposed to be replaced by this black girl, right? So Riri Ree- Williams. Yeah. Yeah. So. I guess he's still alive. <laughs>
0: but we'll see. Anyway, it does a great job of re-establishing Black Widow, making her an interesting, viable character. I mean, this series has been great. You've had the Winter Soldier mixed in into it in past issues, them as potentially a love interest, but it's just drawn so well. It's master class team here of Chris Samney and Mark Wade. You need to check out Black Widow. I really there's only three titles I guess I'm really loving in the Marvel world, you know, Moon Knight, Daredevil, and Black Widow and it's just phenomenal it's
2: funny because they're like they're like total non um, I guess spotlight like characters too. you know they're not like spotlight characters like Spider-Man Spider-Man is a heavy you yeah. know heavy hitter that's one of their most you know productive titles he's A-lister but like you, get, you like these three independent ones you got the, the yeah. sort of independent ones Blue Knight Black Widow and Daredevil yep. it's cool um, one thing I want to say before we get off of this: the panel work, yes. the shape of the panels were Absolutely. were just so awesome. The layouts. It's almost like you can you can look at one page and you can hear. <laughs> yeah,
0: and just the, the you're right though about the panel layouts. They're so uniquely chopped and chiseled and put together in a unique puzzling style that it keeps it all interesting, and appealing to your eye. It's almost and cinematic almost Very cinematic. almost
2: cinematic it was it was it was awesome there's a there's a sequence where they're coming out of that wherever the hell they are in like this in layer Arctic. Yeah. yeah and then like over this hill and it's like zooms in like you can almost see like a camera zoom yeah. you know and then it zooms in on her coming over this hill all injured and stuff it, it was awesome i i just thought the panel work visuals were really good you know it's fun
0: it yeah was it could fun. definitely be an art uh, another art winner <laughs> here an art winner, <laughs> just yeah. another one that i had a difficult time going back and forth between them all but but glorious uh, beautiful so that's why uh, black widow is our number seven coming in at number six is both we agreed upon the cover art winner of the week which is from dc comics dark knight three the master race issue number eight of nine this is our cover artist winner by andy kubert it's beautiful it's gory. This is written by Frank Miller and Brian Azzarello and art by Andy Kubert, but I haven't had one of these uh, issues on my top picks in a while, but this one really stood out for me. I really enjoyed the action of this. It is coming to an end in issue nine. That's like seems to be the theme of uh, our yeah, centennial. Is yeah. all these sort of arcs, uh, maybe coming arcs, to coming yeah. to an end? But this was just great action from the get-go. There's like 12 different covers of this, by the way. Yeah. They're,
2: they're, and they're all they're all great. They're all yeah. pretty great.
0: Yeah, I have to say. And this sort of kind of hits the the ground running here. With uh, the current Batgirl seeing that Batman Batman was actually killed in the previous (laughs) quote-unquote killed. And I love the apparatus that Flash is hooked to. For some reason, they have him sort of... His legs are broken. Yeah, his legs are broken, but he's like attached to all these wires sort of hanging upside down.
2: (laughs) It's just sort of weird. He feels better that way? Yeah, (laughs) something, right?
0: (laughs) But they have him as sort of the, the oracle... In yeah. this, because he can't run.
2: But yeah, he's like, he's got these, like, these covers over his eyes, and I guess that's sort of how he, like, sees all these yeah crazy things. He's, like, plugged
0: into the Matrix. He's, like, this weird yeah. oracle character where he's communicating to everyone on the team that ultimately here there is a large band of Kryptonians that are on the loose, and they're just trying to deal with it. That's ultimately yeah. what this series is about. And they've dipped Mr. Batman into the Lazarus pit. Yeah. Which he was like much is older blasphemy. in this. Blasphemy!
2: <laughs> you never ever do that to bat Like you just broke every rule ever with because now he's got this. Blo- That's
0: Frank Miller. He doesn't. Mind. He breaks all the rules. It's crazy here, and of course Superman is uh, sort of married to Wonder Woman in this, and they have kids.
2: I mean that that that, that part <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> um, but I, I I I one thing I wrote down in my notes when I was uh, reading this was was. Everything is just too damn perfect in this freaking... You know what I mean? Like, oh, he was dead and now he's alive. Like, oh, <laughs> we're going to battle all the Kryptonians. Oh, I got my kid. Like, you know, it was just like a little too... Clean little that too, it made everything so yeah, nice. Yeah, like it was like too perfect. You know, like like there's got to be a little bit more death and destruction, which there is. But like, it just seems a little too good to be true at some point, you know? So it was, it was a good book. Um, my only <laughs> complaint... Yeah, action heavy, action heavy. My only complaint when they threw the
0: spear and the spear goes down and the Kryptonian yeah, and catches, catches it, it right like it, an, an it, inch before I was, was just was casually too. It was very three hundred, totally uh, very three hundred.
2: But uh, my only complaint is that just everything was a little too perfect, and and that Batman was put in a Lazarus pit, which is just like <laughs> that's just that's comic book blasphemy. But you Frank never Miller. ever do that, and dang it (laughs) frank miller he just he doesn't care he's gonna
0: write however the heck he wants and doesn't with no regard to what but uh you know don't kill him he's like it's comics you know it's comics whenever you like people complain to frank miller he just goes look it's comics like stop (laughs) stop what you're saying it's comics that's just the way things are but this battle this scene in in uh in wonder woman land uh versus the kryptonians that come to attack the uh temiscara 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 they, uh, the they don't know what they're in here for. They, they do break down that, come on, these are beings of magic, right? These Amazonians. Yeah. And uh, Kryptonian uh, powers and, and DNA and magic don't get along. And the Kryptonians come boldly in here just with no, with no really no regard. They just feel like they should wipe them all out. And, uh, yeah, it didn't go down that way.
3: No. Yeah, no. <laughs> Kryptonians were uh, they were wrong.
0: <laughs> so wrong. But it's a memorable action sequence there, I believe, uh between the Krypton- Kryptonians and Amazonians because uh they they hold up well and it's a gruesome, bloody, gory battle. I think this <laughs> is
2: something that you could almost kind of be looking forward to with the Wonder Woman movie. Um, I hope so. Because there's a lot of like her on the battlefield, you yeah. know, which is which is cool. Um and the art definitely does service the story. Um but it's my only complaint. Like, my only
0: complaint was Andy Kubert's cover art didn't match the rest of it. You know what I mean? Uh, he spent more time on that cover, which they do. That's fine. Um, it just wasn't as beautiful and polished and finished and silhou- and silhouetted as yeah, the cover, but I it was mean, still solid.
2: Well, like good. I said, though, there, there's definitely like um, a cover of like her face, you know, like and I always thought that was sort of interesting. Like you're not going to show her face like kind of makes it more ominous and scary. Like it does screw you up and. It was, it was cool. Right? right? They
0: made her tough. They made her, like, super yeah. tough. She just looks gruesome. They almost
2: made her, like, unattractive. You know? No, yeah. Like, like, yeah, like, no. like a big Russian lady that's going to kick your ass or something.
0: Yeah, they didn't over voluptuize her in any way. Yeah. They just they made her grizzled and, and chiseled, you know, with muscles coming out of everywhere. But it's... Uh, me, there was that main highlight sequence I probably will never forget of, of the Kryptonians versus Amazonian battle. and. Yeah. That was just uh, very memorable, but uh, fun, right? I really enjoyed this. So coming in at number five is uh, another another one of the number ones. This is from Marcosia Comics, so very indie. This is number one of five. This is Plague, issue number one. And this is created by Dennis McGee Fallon, Jason Palmetier, and Zach Brunner. Pencils, inks, and colors by Zach Brunner. So I don't even know how I came across this or found it. I was just glad my shop had it. And this is a... I've never even heard of this publishing house before. But this is in a nutshell to me it, it reminds me of sort of the very end of the of the Lord of the Rings movies when the sort of there's this rise of the humans and the the fairies and the and the orcs and the wizards and elves are all sort of at their end and then the human plague hits
2: right <laughs> yeah.
0: and there's even the uh the men here which they show this sort of rise of this catholic crusader here they show him as when his parents are killed by this giant By this giant
2: creature. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All you see is sort of is it's like very kaiju there. Right. The arm through the
2: ceiling of the of the of like the the little house.
0: Yeah. And it just dispatches his parents quickly. And they show him sort of now carrying this axe hammer with the cross on it. And it's just an awesome weapon. It's like his, his father had it. And establishing them as characters is really interesting, these, these, like I said, these crusaders, these Catholic crusaders, because they're hell-bent on ending anything with magic. And I like that. And they even have their dire wolves, very, very yeah. sort of Game, Game of Thrones, of Thrones yeah. with plague sort of things attached to their necks. Yeah. To wipe out the fairy area, fairyland, <laughs> for fairy lack of <laughs> And I just thought, man, that's gruesome. They're, they, they're obviously immune to this plague now, but they've got some concoction of it that's there designed to kill the fairies. And they're just th- there to eliminate them. and could care less. It is very sort of rated R. It's gruesome and bloody and gory. But it is like sort of, a, for me, a mixture of Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones sort of together. And the end of Lord of the Rings being like the rise of humans, but then the plague hits.
2: Funny, it's funny you bring up Game of Thrones because there's another book that we're going to review soon that totally reminds <laughs> me of feel, it. As I feel, right? Um, so th- I read this after I read the book we're going to talk about later. Um, and to me, this one fell short uh, of that book. I thought the other book was better. Um,
0: because in some ways they're similar. Yeah, I know what yeah you mean, they're yeah. very
2: similar. They're very close. Um, but I, I, uh, I'm I, not completely out, I guess, because I didn't really enjo- I didn't l- enjoy this comic book as, as the other one. But uh, I... Uh, I, I'm I'm interested to see where they're gonna go with this world. Oh, that's good. Um, because it seems like because they showed more of the, this fairy and elf land than they did with humans, so I'm I'm concerned that there's a little bit too much of this fairy land going on and not enough human stuff to balance it out. Because apparently they're supposed to be like the last of this race, you know. So right. It seems like there's a lot more than what they're letting out. So we'll, we'll see where it goes.
0: They're establishing the core characters here, right? There's yeah. sort of one fairy there is a, a squire in this catholic uh, monastery cuz all of the all of the pastors in the monastery are dead and he's, <laughs> he's burying them all yeah, there's so there's crusader. the the fairy girl there's the, there's the yeah the, the monastery um, guy and then there's the crusader christian as your the elf, core the elf prince. and then there's the elf prince that's now the king because his yeah. father passed away with the, the plague the which plague, is gross the plague
2: the plague uh, for the elves looked Awesome. Right. They kinda turn bubbling, into trees.
0: And they turn into trees yeah. with the bubbling and the porous gross little like pimples cool that man. were popping. I mean it was gross. There is some grossness there. But I thought it was definitely interesting. It definitely just establishing Game of Thrones feel for me because there's this large cast in a way, besides yeah. those three characters. So I was like, oh man, there's a lot of people they're introducing. But um, worth it, worth looking at. The art is phenomenal. It's uh, definitely something different for me off the beaten path. I definitely yeah, want to see where this goes. I,
2: I've never out of all the years of me reading comic books with you i've never been recommended something like this so yeah it's uh, at least from you so it, it is a little um he's changing it up a little bit when he's reading some of this stuff so yeah it's cool
0: yeah very cool and check it out if you can find if you can find it yeah um marcosia comics you probably have to go digital like comiXology or something marcosia comics plague issue number one of five i'm all in and uh art, again art by zach brunner Beautiful, gorgeous. Couldn't find any of them on any social media, by the way. Had no no luck, including Marcosia Comics. It's just sort of... There's nothing very much there. So very indie, very self-published, but uh, respect. Very good. And our number four pick of the week is from Action Lab Danger Zone, Voracious Feeding Time, issue number four. And uh, this is... Uh, <laughs> It's so much fun. I'm loving this. It's like back to the future with dinosaurs. It's science fiction. It's action. We discussed it, um, in the, the interview for 27 minutes. So I won't go too heavily into it. Um, I'll get your thoughts, Justin, since I already discussed all my thoughts on um, it, but voracious feeding time issue number four.
2: It's uh, it's, it's a little bit changing it up for what I like as a style of comic book. Um, it's a little too cartoony for me, but, um, from what I've, I've gotten from the story, it's very interesting. Um, I I started reading the first series, I haven't caught up completely with you, Um, but uh, I started reading the first series and I was a little bit confused going forward, so... I'll get back to you. <laughs> Good, excellent.
0: All right, that's enough said. You don't need yeah. to. That's that's a, that's a fair assessment. At least you're interested, yeah. And you're going to keep going with it. So I've talked enough about Voracious Feeding Time, but check it out. It's different. It's another off the beaten path and a little weird and twisted with you know a guy that is is eat, you know trapping dinosaurs and eating, feeding to people in their restaurant, and uh, it's just so much fun and action and adventure and dinosaurs. So just go check it out. Voracious Feeding Time through Action Lab Danger Zone. You'll love it. But here we go now, finally, breaking into the top three, the final three here for this week in new comics, and and number three was amazing, uh, was Unfollow number 17, another very close to the end. (laughs) There were 140 um... people that the creator of Twitter said that he was going to give his billions to, and of course, it's kind of this social experiment to see he really wanted to watch them all kill each other.
2: It's like a a Hunger Games type thing. I, when I read this, you get, you, you were still ongoing, so I only read up to, like, number five, um, and I sort of fell off, and, and jumping into this one, like, I almost didn't need to read the other ones, which I thought was kind of cool, so you can kind of jump into the story wherever, and sort of just understand if you have the general knowledge of the comic book, um, it, it, it's very, like, just, like, boom, you're in this world, and, and, um...
0: This is writer Rob Williams, by the way, and artist Mike Dowling. And uh, very gritty, very realistic, right? It was really yeah. no... Um, uh, the stylization, if you will, here is just to be very lifelike and colored lifelike, right? Yeah, it wasn't sort of any sort of fantasy or outer-worldly you know, sort yeah. of element. Very like colored real and drawn yeah, real. You're
2: in the woods. This is what it looks like. You know, it's very uh, very realistic, I guess you, you could say. Uh, some of the characters are, you know... A little bit more mysterious if you haven't read any of the back issues. I've, I know some of these characters, and I remember a lot of these characters, so I, jumping in back into it like I did, it was it was good. Um, but there's some some crazy stuff going on. Um, <laughs> yeah. This guy's talking to, like, a leopard, and he's just like, what? And then there's this guy with this mask, so if you haven't read any of these, like, you will not get it. But, uh... <laughs> And then like there's just, this guy is just like crazy with animals. The the, the, the yeah, the, the, leader, the creator of the, of Twitter, the,
0: if you will. Yeah, the, the he's just like the animals are flocking to him. Like, like he he's... has an app
2: for that or something. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> no, or he's gathering two by two to for to load into the ark, maybe or something. But just animals are gathering to him. He's supposed ultimately in the in the past issues he was dying. And uh, he's, Not he's, anymore. Yeah, there, he talks about that as well. And now animals are flocking to him in a weird way. And his right hand man, henchman with this crazy sort of Mayan mask has now turned against him. Yeah. And without going into too and much detail here and you got our, our main and sort of, they're all the few main characters, but one of them that actually does speak to this leopard that gives him advice yeah, is strange. And then Deacon is the, uh, the old man that yeah, speaks to man. God. Yeah. Like they're all a little twisted yeah. and, and weird all, in their they're own all way.
2: Crazy people. And like, uh, maybe the, that was sort of the reason why this guy picked the 140 um, and yeah. sort of brought them all here, but it's because they all had these little, um, I guess, insanity things going on. Strange. Everyone's a little bit weird. Everyone's a little bit crazy.
0: Like the um, one girl, the blonde haired girl, she's like what you would consider Kim Kardashian to be. Okay. She really starts that sort of journey She's just this famous for doing You know, not very much And uh-huh. very super rich But is just um, n- not humble in any way, shape, or form You know, and just sort of mean to people And she's, there's been a journey there for her And then the girl that's sort of the camera woman Is also very interesting And like the very first episode, issue Of, of Unfollow number one yeah. She was like raped and beaten And they filmed her as part of uh, this sort of ISIS yeah. Daesh sort of thing, whatever and uh, she's just sort of come to terms with wanting to live and not want to kill herself. Yeah. So there's been com- complex characters that have been created here. That's to me what uh, really is the core at Unfollow here, and you seeing the development of these characters. But it's coming to an end. It feels like it's yeah, very much coming to an at end. The,
2: at the end of this book, you can definitely see where they're going. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say it because it's it, it is kind of um, it is kind of awesome awesome to see. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, at the end by the end of this book, you'll know the future and what's going to happen from here on um it's uh it's it's coming to a blinding halt <laughs> like you're gonna showdown yeah, time basically it's, it's gonna be gonna nuts be so yeah. I, i'm excited i'm gonna go back and read some of these uh you should and uh yeah i mean it, it was a good book i liked it a yeah lot.
0: fantastic book so coming in number two is uh, the one of the last of the two new number ones this week from aftershock comics pestilence this is written by frank Thierry. also Frank Thierry, we forgot to maybe mention, he wrote the number nine. I think we left his name out. Jughead the Hunger. He also wrote wrote Jughead the Hunger. Frank Thierry. So he wrote our number nine and he wrote our number two. This is Pestilence, issue number one. Now, this is definitely a mature read here, mature title.
2: Blood, boobs, Um, (laughs) and blood, and gore. More boobs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's not that bad. There's a couple of panels. (laughs) But but overall, it's the violence of it, right?
2: Yeah. I I mean, like I said when we were reviewing play. Look at the cover. Yeah, the cover's nuts. It's it's like a like a a knight, you know, helmet, uh, with blood like all over it and his
0: eye, eyes, um Gross. <laughs> uh, this was almost art cover of the win for me. The really? Art cover, yeah. Just from looking at it, I know you guys are playing for honor. Yeah, and it's just constantly there's, in my mind. You know,
2: since I've been playing that game, there's been a lot of like dark age comic books that have come out. So it's kind of they're kind of cool. Um, yeah, but, it relates but, to the gameplay. <laughs> going back to the story, so it's basically. Um,
0: oh, an art by Oleg Akunev, which I couldn't find anywhere. Again, another <laughs> one, alluring, uh, mysterious.
2: But uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So it's sort of during the Crusades, um, the yes. Chris, the Christianity, um, Crusades, where we're sort of just taking over slowly with religion, and um, it's sort of a what if story if during the Crusades, zombies, right, just were everywhere. Yes. And so you're That's just, legit. and it was like, for me, I'm I'm a. Huge Walking Dead fan. I love anything that has zombies in it. Zombie destroyers. Um, yeah, zombie <laughs> destroyers. Um, so seeing this and like going into like an older timey where there's no guns, you know, yes. it's all gonna be like bows and arrows and bladed weapons and yes. you know, and and oh, So yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. Um, going into this, I did not know a damn thing. Um, and and then all of a sudden, like, I jumped in and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, whoa. And so uh, it had a Game of Thrones feel to it, too. Especially right? because of the, the boobs and <laughs> the stuff. But um, it, it was it had the humor of, yeah, you know, the humor. of, of Frank's, Game of Thrones, you know. Yes. So.
0: Frank's uh, writing on for timing and humor like they go into this. This sort of castle, and there's like a whatever uh, the leader barbarian, barbarian village, that yeah. they're there to sort of take out, but him just being so over the top, bold, and have no regard for anyone, right? Yeah, they're just- It's so easily written. Yeah, and like, they're there to dispatch this entire team of people. And our main character, Roderick, has this sort of small band, his little fellowship, if you will. It's
2: almost like a a merry band of (laughs) crusaders who are religious and stuff.
0: Right. And they're they're, they're sort of mercenary, but then they're also like hell-bent on doing good in a way. That's what I sort of liked about it. They sort of do things for money, but it's not their primary focus. It's to sort of stop evils from spreading throughout their their lands and then the zombies arrive.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're like riding they they finish this job killing this barbarian leader guy and then they're riding to like wherever the hell they're going to go next, which is like some other mission. And there's like a a, a wanderer and they're like, "Hey, like we want to trade with you or something." And then the guy just bites one of their hands. <laughs> and you're just like, "Oh, Uh-oh. shit. Like there're <laughs> zombies now. Like what the hell?" And when this part happened for me, I was like, "What?" Oh, yeah. I was like, "No way." And um it was a surprise. Yeah, and so right? it was uh, it was definitely cool to see like what? Like zombies? Like I was th- yes. the surprise factor was just not <laughs> and I was freaking out because I was I love zombies. So um
0: I'll be honest. Uh, when I read it, I, I thought of you because of the surprise of zombies. <laughs> I thought you're really going to like this, and then I knew you were going to do your third episode in a row here on Sunspot's Comics, so I was like, <laughs> it may have swayed me in a way. But uh, the art alone stands, right, by itself. Yeah. The gory gruesomeness in color of all of these zombies. I say yeah, that the like, Walking Dead. Yeah,
2: they're like almost like gray, you know? The, yeah. The, and so, like, reading Walking Dead and stuff, it's all black and white, and you don't really get... Vivid details and yeah of, of zombies so seeing these zombies they're a little different from what walking dead has done yeah and it's it's they're they're beautiful i mean the zombies go right you know, so, uh, horrifyingly beautiful yeah
0: yes and uh, it's just i gotta see where this goes there it, it has a robin hood feel to me as yeah, well right that's what I was gonna our say, roderick yeah. characters kind of the robin hood they have like a friar tuck yeah and they have a joker a jester who looks <laughs> like you know he looks like uh, loki yeah And I am just, I got to see where this goes. These merry band of marauders out hellbent to make the world better. But they're zombies. A lot of fun. Great first issue. Go and grab Pestilence if you can find it. It's Aftershock. And Frank Thierry doing it great this week with uh, Jughead the Hunger and this. So thanks, Frank. And next up, this is the number one. And it's a little different the way we did it. But the number one pick of the week that beat all the rest for us. And we did agree on this, right? Yes. Was The Rift. This is from Red5Comics, which I was surprised they have very little social media stuff. But Red5Comics. This is actually the brainchild of Jeremy Renner. Yes, Hawkeye, yeah. the actor.
2: When you said, when because when you, you, you told me, like, okay, this is my number one. I was like, okay, cool. And he goes, yeah, uh, Jeremy Renner. And I was like, what? like You're Hawkeye? Hawkeye?
0: And I'm all, yep. So, but this uh, is also written by uh, Hanfield, Rainer, and Carvalho doing the art. And they, uh, actually we made our number one, the one, two, and three issues of this cause we found it kind of late. Yeah. But tell them the gist of it in a nutshell. Um,
2: okay. So imagine Captain America.
0: Yes. Yeah, Steve Rogers. Uh, yeah,
2: Cap- <laughs> yeah. Imagine Captain America, uh, instead of being frozen, he comes through like a wormhole and basically cr- crash lands into present day through the rift, through the rift. And so basically there's this rift, um, it's an anomaly that happens quite a bit, apparently. Mm-hmm. And so a rift will open in, like, time space, and then it'll bring back a person or a object, or most times it's people, through this rift. And it will... Basically, they have a certain amount of time before this rift um, closes, and it, right. it can, like, be like a nuclear disaster.
0: Because if uh, ultimately, if whatever comes out of the rift has to exactly go back... And if one element is not brought back to the rift, it upsets the space-time continuum, yeah. and there's a massive sort of energy level omega yeah. explosion. And so
2: I thought it was kind of cool. They they like they break down a lot of these incidents in <laughs> As, real life. Like right. like Chernobyl was one of them. Was a rift. Yeah, and yeah. it was a rift, and like uh-huh. you know. Um, the, the bombings of, of like Yoshinoya. It was or, a rift. Um, the, the restaurant. Yeah. It was yes, delicious. <laughs> of, uh, of Japan during <laughs> World War Two yeah. yeah. Hiroshima. Close, <laughs> close <Yoshinoya>. enough. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're hungry. <Are> you he <laughs> <laughs> you
0: needs need a bowl of food right away. But anyway, anyway close The bombing enough.
2: of Hiroshima <laughs> was oh, the rift. Jesus, I can't. I'm never going to get over it. Hiroshima, that. whatever. Yeah. Uh, it it was a rift. So,
0: they blame it on like five or six events. Yeah.
2: and so That's uh, cool how
0: they weave that in there.
2: Yeah. It was, it was really cool to see the, sort of like. Almost like a Back to the Future-esque thing mixed with Captain America, mixed with like a disaster movie. So uh, you you catch up with this character who's a World War II pilot who came through this rift. And they learn through like, I guess, uh, the, this mom and, 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 uh, and the child, kid. And yeah. You're kind of through their eyes. They're seeing all this for yes. the first
0: time. That was a great sequence with yeah. them. Because they're just on the road. They're trying to start a new life. The mom wants to turn over a new leaf and she had issues with her ex, right? Yeah. Trying to well, just take off. Well, you know in the first two issues. Yeah. And you learn that. It's introduced don't. that she has. Yeah. She sprinkles it in that there's yeah. there's something there. Uh, And dealing with her, her kid and they're trying to create a new life for themselves. And then boom, a rip in the time fabric and (laughs) comes Steve, Steve Steve Rogers comes bursting through what I thought. Here's my theory on the origin of this. Jeremy Renner, Hawkeye, maybe never felt there was complete closure from Steve Rogers and, and agent Carter. Yeah. He didn't Um, feel closure from the movies because he ultimately wrote a scene in here and that's the only scene oh, yeah. we will sort of spoil. One sequence yeah, where issue. our Steve Rogers character has his final dance, yeah. because time has passed. It, you know, there's been 80 years, and his With his wife, his wife yeah. is in Alzheimer's, and she has Alzheimer's. She's in a, a nursing home, and she's in the angry version. She's, yeah, she's really dying. mean, and upset. But they have that last dance, and he she doesn't even recognize him. And I feel like Jeremy Renner pulled that like from from that the birth of it from that scene. Yeah. Him wanting to expand on that. And uh, I, I love that they had that that moment where yeah. he does get to say goodbye so to his wife.
2: Essentially, what what happens? It teared me that, up. Yeah. I got misty.
0: I did. Yeah. I was like, whoa.
2: Well, essentially, what happens because of that? This rift closes, and it doesn't actually cause a catastrophe. So it leads to say that they theorize. Maybe, yeah, they theorize the the mom and the child actually theorize that um that maybe they're coming back here for a reason to yeah, fix that, something because that it's of not their science. Loss. Yeah it's 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 a, a higher love, being yeah, like, it's yeah. God or a higher
0: power of some and sort so
2: um, going into issue three there's another rift so this this world war two pilot was told that if he went back through the rift that he would die yes. and because of, of the, what he had what happened with his wife it, it closed and he actually is still alive he's still in present day so um, other than that there's another rift and there's this boy that comes through and it's sort of um. A another sort of story, yeah, side story. On, um, that I thought was just was just beautiful. Yeah, don't spoil yeah. it, right?
0: That that how what you find out about the young woman and her son is a surprising yeah, I twist. I don't
2: want to tell you about issue yeah, don't, three. Yeah, because we, we'll issue go three on. was was had the highlight of all all all. The well, so far We'll take
0: them in order. Two was you were right, where the yeah. the scene between Steve Rogers, we'll just call him his name is not that, sorry, <laughs> and Agent Carter, her name is not that, I'm sorry, but they, you know, he, she doesn't recognize him. She has you know level ten Alzheimer's, yeah. and then he puts that their the uh, you know piece of vinyl on, and she remembers. she remembers him, and they have that last dance, and then she, you know, um, and she passes away. You might it's a not, I'll say that yeah. it's a little spoilerish, but. And it's, it's really heartwarming and, and really got me emotionally. And I was like, number one, easy, this yeah, is it. It was,
2: it was definitely like uh, by a landslide. Like this was number I one. I agree. Um, I'm surprised we haven't found this earlier. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh,
0: this is how it happens sometimes in comics. There's so much stuff out there. And that this is from Jeremy Renner and in the mind of him from this <laughs> Red 5 comics. It does feel like it is trying to give it that um, that selling the the story you know the storyline of it that trying to sell the animatics the this is a way to put it out there to get this sold somehow. If, storyboarding is I mean, the word I, I was I looking could, for. It feels this, like it.
2: I could see this going somewhere. This could be this could be something. Uh, yeah. uh, who knows? Um,
0: I love that it goes from oh it's a very scientific. It's a rift. It's a tear in this, the time space continuum. To Maybe this is like the show I used to love, Quantum Leap, yeah. where it is some sort of higher higher, higher power that's uh, leading people towards the rift to absolve something.
2: Yeah, you know? there's even an, a part in the issue number two at the end. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's sort of it's sort of uh, like
0: another rift event. Another
2: rift event that was sort of about Roswell and aliens. Right. It's tying it all together. You know, are they really aliens? I'll leave it at that.
0: And Renner Um, must be a conspiracy theorist junkie, because there seems to tie in a lot of these. Oh, this is how it happened. It's really the rift, and it, it just perfectly is weaved into everything and just makes sense. But um, I I love it. And uh, issue three, yeah, we don't want to go too much into it because it definitely gets into spoiler territory. That
2: issue alone, like it stands alone. So, so amazing. Right. It it, it was great.
0: You find out about the young woman and her child and sort of what happened there And uh, it's just uh, they're developing characters so well. You believe in them. The facial features of all of the of the art is it's all realistic, very simple and and plain. I would say not not crazy art that's just uh, you know blowing your mind per se, but solid work and chiseled and very realistic. And the emotions on all the faces sell it. And it's just a very interesting premise and storyline. And I love the old show Quantum Leap, so it does sort of remind me of that. But uh, the Rift. Brought to you by Jeremy Renner, uh, our number one, easily landslide, like he said. Again, the team of Hanfield, Rainer, and Carvalho, just solid. Even the even the it says created and written of course Jeremy Renner and also by Dan Hanfield and Richard Hainer, artist Lino Carvalho, and uh, even the colorist Rodrigo Fernandez. Just top notch work. Very fun comic book to read. It's like I couldn't stop reading this. Three yeah. issues went by fast,
2: and they're long issues too. They were each about thirty pages. So yeah, yeah you're right. Um, it was a, uh, it was a good read, man. It was easily, easily one of the, like the easiest comics to read I've read. Yeah, each
0: league. one was thirty-two issues, bonus size, thirty-two issues each. Yeah. Thirty-two pages for each issue, so you got ninety-six pages yeah. for three we comics. We
2: busted them out. Like I, I remember finishing yeah. them in a couple hours. Like it was, it was real quick.
0: It's a fast, fun, action-packed uh, read with, with a great premise. You should definitely check it out. Great character development and beautiful art. That's why it's easily. Our number one pick of the week is the rift issues one through three. Yep. <laughs> and I can't wait till four comes out. It four is it. it it's, yeah, it's, it's four or four. Which it's I, done.
2: I, like no. <laughs> <laughs> they could go so long with this. This feels but.
0: like a long television series, yeah. right, doesn't it?
2: You can do you can do almost like an X Files type thing. You I know? agree. Where you can you can do these different rifts or you can explore these cold case rifts and all you know That'd be great. it could be X, it could be like an X Files show. Yeah,
0: they could tie in the you know 1917 earthquake in San Francisco to the rift, yeah. and and ch- you could use so many cool events in the past to tie it all in. But gotta see where the Roswell rift goes yes, to. Yes, that, gotta that's, see it. That was the main story point. So You'll see, see and we don't want to spoil it, but that's great at the, in issue three. But so there you have it. Those are our comic book recommendations for New Comic Book Day March 29th for our centennial issue number one. Please uh, go to a local comic book shop, buy these immediately, tell them that Chris and Justin from Sunspots Comics sent you. Walk in and do that. They'll look at you in a way, but who cares? <laughs> so, if you have questions, comments, or would like a personal comic book recommendation, email us directly. Mine is Chris at sunspotscomics.com and yours is uh,
2: Justin at sunspotscomics.com.
0: If we choose your email and discuss it on a future podcast, we will send you a thank you comic book prize from the two of us. Please sign up for our newsletter on slash contact and tune in next week for issue number one oh going to be here, Jables, four in a row
2: uh yeah maybe we'll see i don't <laughs> uh, know don't peer pressure me yet man i might have stuff you better
0: be here but next week i've got a smaller pull list of only 11 comics so there you go all
2: right well yeah maybe i will be here then That'll yes a little bit easier for me
0: and there's five new number ones coming out so potentially only 16 that i'll be reading all together and there's some awesome stuff coming out next week so to give you a little uh peek into what's coming out for issue number one here we go this is what i'm looking forward to we got batman issue 20 Uh, Box office poison color comics You're gonna like this by the way You'll like it Slice of life uh, Just sort of a quirky way Of watching this guy And kind of in the dating world And becoming a man (laughs) Very cool Extremity number two uh, It debuted really solid and strong So I'm looking forward to Extremity number two Uh, Flintstones number ten I gotta get you into Flintstones You gotta go back and read Flintstones uh, for next week Jessica Jones, which is, I wish they released it a little more on time, but it's finally back praxis planetoid praxis issue three Star Wars number thirty, Sun Bakery number two Superman number twenty and Walking Dead one sixty six yeah. next week the the, I, the whisper war is still going on. I don't know why they numbered it to six. It's still the whisper war going on. Yeah. I don't know why they numbered it. They shouldn't have, but it's still going, but that's just a glimpse into what's coming next week. It's going to be an amazing week of comic books. So please subscribe to us and listen in. And also thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, you want to give just a little something back, go over to iTunes, give us a, a positive review and five stars. We'll personally thank you in a future podcast.
2: It also helps like with the algorithm, you know, we, we get algorithm. higher up on the, on the list, you know, you can, new people could find us, tell us, you know, tell us your complaints if you want. Uh, whatever You know You know Complain to us Blast us on Twitter <laughs> Call us dirty names And you know yeah.
0: Your dirty names Your reviews are actually helping You know I searched iTunes Just the other day Put in comic book uh-huh. And ours is the 15th Nice It's crazy I was like that's cool It's it's you know It comes up on the, Before it was like 915th, yeah. it was like, you could never find it It's <laughs> like fifty. I was like, that's cool, it made me feel and So if you give us a review, it helps with that and gets it a little higher on the list, if you will And I also wanted to take a second to personally thank uh, you, the listeners For supporting us and getting us to, and helping us be at issue 100 It's a passion project of mine I ultimately designed this to just spread my love of comics In my own kind of po- positive way You know me, Jables, just your pops And I could not have done this without the support of my best friend and my beautiful wife, Patsy, whom I love dearly. Hi, babe. And also to you, Justin, thank you for your continual support, for you always backing me up and and believing in me and and appreciating everything I do in the world of nerdness. And uh, you've uh, been one of my driving factors and motivations, too. So thank you, my son, Justin Jables. I love you. Thank you. (laughs) I said I wouldn't cry. And also, of course, (laughs) all my friends and family and people that have supported and listened to the podcast and... And everyone, it just means a lot to me and you, the listeners as well. I hope you've gotten something out of it. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you found some comics that have enriched your your life and and brought fun to your life. And and you've spread it around and you got excited about it because I told you about it and you went somewhere else and handed it to someone. I just hope that's all happening out there because that's why I've kind of done it and I'm still doing it. So
2: I also th- I think it's I think it's just nuts that a hundred weeks ago, a hundred weeks ago we were like yeah let's do this, and uh, you know I, I, w- I haven't been there for a lot of issues a lot of you know episodes that you've recorded, and I'm so glad that I've I've been included in this it's it's a dream come true to be honest because I every day I listen to multiple podcasts I listen to stuff you know that you know it's outside the comic book realm and whatever and and you know it's very um it's, it's heartwarming to see that it's been so long and that you're still going (laughs) Yeah. and, uh, keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, if you guys have a podcast idea, if you guys have anything, you know, fulfill your dream, do it, you know, don't, don't just keep thinking about it or don't, you know, hesitate. Just, just try it out and try to make it work. Do the best you can. We've gone through a lot of different changes We've gone through multiple moves, through you know, true this physical, physical, home actual home moves. Yeah, a lot of uh, some, some tragedies and some 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 good things. Yeah. Where you're a grandpa now, which I is know. Nuts. Just craziness. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, you know, face adversity, go through it, follow your dreams. I guess because this is definitely one of our dreams to keep doing this. So, thank you guys. Um, you know. Keep listening Yeah, we we'll, we'll keep doing this.
0: Like Heath Ledger, as the Joker said, do things. <laughs> I just do things. But I want to leave you with some wise words here from from Peter Parker's Uncle Ben. With great power comes great responsibility. It's a classic line, right? And, and we all have that power within us. So express that power. Do it. Be yourself. But thank you again for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And, of course, be water, my friends. See you later, Jable. See you next week. Later. See y'all later. Thank you again. Bye.
3: I just want to hear that.
2: My faithful servant A life full of pushback At that moment we'll all be worth it Cause my work is worship And when he comes back for his church all over the earth We'll be giving no less than what he gave us first
1: If you're looking for a place Where your love is shared the same
3: For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow
1: It's Comics
0: Now!